0: What's up, guys? How's it going? Chris Dell here, your host for tonight. You can find me at MADD Journalist here, hosting the Betting Predators podcast. Live stream video. We're going to be doing a live stream draft as part of the high stakes NFFC national contest that goes down every year. I'm going to have my partner here, part of our fantasy football team at the Betting Predators, Justin Rodriguez, aka. Coach J Rod one on Twitter. He's about to hop on with me here in a minute. We're gonna go through. We're gonna draft our team tonight. Draft room actually starts here in about T minus two minutes and fifteen seconds. So we're gonna be right on the clock here. Uh, Justin looks like he's there waiting to get in here. Let me bring Justin in. Justin J Rod, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? We're ready to go. Yeah, you know, be- better better late than never, man. We're, we're we're coming here fashionably late to the draft, but at least we haven't missed our pick yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's perfect
0: yeah um hey, I was just doing a little introduction uh letting people know we put out a tweet earlier that we're gonna be doing this live draft here together um basically just getting uh, kind of an insight for people they hear us giving out our fantasy advice or rankings our strategies kind of seeing how we process things and go from round to round in real time uh, with the nFFC if people aren't aware it's basically a national tournament uh they break it down by league you can do it's basically like 10 man leagues. Uh, you come in first or second place in your league, you win money. But then if you come in first or second, you also get a free ticket into the national contest at the end of the year uh, where you have a chance to win some really big uh, amount of uh, prize pool money. So that's what we're doing here. FFPC is another one. Uh, they, they do another tournament here. Uh, so we wanted to get in at least one of these, you know, mid-level, high-level stakes uh, drafts. We thought it'd be a little bit of fun uh, and scratch the, uh, scratch the itch, so to speak. Then more action, the better when it comes to the, the last week before, uh, before football, you know? Yeah, absolutely.
1: And the biggest thing here with this is that you're actually going to see what we're going to do in the process. A lot of people talk about things, but uh, you really got to be about that action boss.
0: Yeah, 100%, man. Um, so, Justin, just real quick, how many drafts have you done so far to this point this week?
1: Uh, so, money drafts, I have eight money drafts that i've been in whether that be with personal friends or random leagues that i sign up for as far as mock drafts uh uh it's tough to find a good mock draft these days but i would say well over 100 uh, over 100 the last three weeks easy
0: (laughs) there you go there you go yeah yeah man I'm i'm pretty much uh, in the same boat with you uh let me actually go in because our our draft room is going to be open in here we've got pick number nine out of ten in this league here it's full ppr scoring Um, the only difference in terms of the starting lineup is that it's, uh, pretty much a standard lineup, two running backs, two receivers, um, uh, one flex spot and one tight end spot. So unlike FFPC, which is tight end premium, uh, we're just getting the regular one point per tight end scoring here. Let me figure, I'm just going to have to share my screen here for a second. Um, give me one second here. Let me do this pressed up against the clock. Let's see.
1: Yeah, no worries. And I think that it was great. You know, I talked to you off, off air here that, you know, if you're not in that one position, I really like being at the back end. I think that's super valuable. I hate kind of being stuck in the middle where you feel like you're forced to go with a certain player. Um, the front or the back gives you tons of flexibility throughout the rounds, uh, you know, to kind of close that gap in between picks. Uh, to be honest with you, I know some people might feel differently, but I really hate that five spot or that six spot and whether it's 10 or 12 man leagues. I know it's consistently the same amount of picks in between, but I also, I, I hate, I hate just trying to predict what people are going to do down the draft board. I really like being at the beginning. Obviously you know who you're going to take there. And then I like being at the end because then I know nobody's going to still for me or at least there's less chance of that. So I'm excited that we got towards the back end to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. And no, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And uh just, we, we we might have to make these two picks here without setting our our screen because I got some system preferences right now that are blocking me from sharing my screen. So we're we're, we're going in blind here, man. I'm not, I thought we'd be able to do this pretty easily, but for some reason I'm having issues with this. Uh, yeah, let me let's let's get our we're at pick five. So let, I'm gonna go through the top guys who have been taken off the board right now, Justin, and you can kind of just. Let me know, you know, your overall thoughts uh, in terms of, you know, how we're seeing the draft play out and how we want that to kind of, you know, basically determine our strategy as we go round to round. I know for me, uh, I'm the type of guy where I don't mind stacking up wide receivers early. I think in in a full point PPR league, that's a really good way to get an edge on the field. when a lot of people are going to be going with a heavy volume type of workload running back in the early rounds. Uh, You know, the one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to leave the first two rounds without at least one elite wide receiver. And honestly, in a 10-team league like we're doing right now, uh, which a lot of people do 10-team leagues. I know a lot of the personal leagues I do are at least 12. But when you're doing a 10-team league, uh, I feel even more confident taking two elite receivers in the first two rounds. And then you get a very capable RB1 coming back in round three. You can even go round three, round four, and get a couple real high upside guys. So. Uh, let's see, we're on the clock now. We've got, uh, real quick, CMC, Cook, Kamara, Kelsey, then Zekio Elliott, Adams, Aaron Jones, and Derrick Henry all went off the board. Uh, we've got Tariq Hill, Austin Eckler, Stefan Diggs, Najee Harris, Calvin Ridley, uh, all those guys are on the board right now. I know for me, honestly, like, uh, because Aaron Jones is off, I'm really high on Aaron Jones. I really like taking Austin Eckler here in this spot. Uh, full ppr format let's get our elite running back and i think we're guaranteed two spots from now when we're back on the board we're going to be able to pick at least tyree kill Diggs, or ridley and get that elite wide receiver what do you think about that justin
1: yeah, I like that. If we're not going to go with a running back in the fir- or if a wide receiver in the first round, I think you have to go with the PPR back. Uh, obviously, McCaffrey is a home run. You know he's going to get you 30 points a game. Uh, but Eckler can really do it all, and even maybe more so than McCaffrey in the passing game. Only thing that's been lacking is obviously the rushing yards and the goal line opportunities. But he's in an up-and-coming offense, and ultimately we're playing for upside. Uh, we know that he's going to be able to pick us up even when he doesn't have those rushing I'm days. That.
0: Oh yeah. Go ahead. I got the, you are up.
1: There you go. There you go. We're up. No, that's okay. I'm just saying there's, there's going to be, there's going to be bad days rushing for Eckler where he's going to pick us up, you know, six for 60 and a touchdown and maybe only 30 yards rushing, but that's what you're looking for in a running back, especially in full point PPR.
0: So, so for me now we're at the, we're at the turn. Uh, we got, you know, Najee Harris is still there. Antonio Gibson still there. And then we got Aaron Waller. We got Stefan Diggs. We have uh, Calvin Ridley to me. Diggs or Ridley are like two and three neck and neck in my rankings. Uh, I kind of want to lean Diggs here. I don't know if you have a preference or you want to go Diggs because he's obviously the best receiver on the board at this point. Unless you want to go Najee or Calvin Ridley.
1: I don't like Najee just for the fact of, you know, we're now we're putting so much stake into our running back between it's Diggs or Ridley, you know, the floor that you're going to get with Diggs, He is a little bit banged up right now, but can he excel past what he did last year? I'm not sure. Can Ridley, I think Ridley could be the number one wide receiver in the NFL. So it depends on really how you want to look at it. It's a coin flip for me. Um, I have no true preference, but uh, I don't think you can go wrong either way.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I, I went the safe route here because we're pressed up against the clock. We got 60 seconds each pick, and I'm now now we got some time in between. I want you to kind of take the horns a little bit, uh, Coach J Rod, and uh, just talk about now that we have. You know, we we might have the the the, the top uh, reception getter at wide receiver and at running back. We got Eckler and Diggs to start off, and I, I hear you with Diggs, but my, my reason for optimism with Diggs is that uh, I think he can easily repeat the touchdowns he put up last year. But I also think you add in an extra offseason that he didn't have with Josh Allen last year. And when you look at the way the Bills came out in their final preseason game, man, like they were th- they kept Ryan Dayball. like I don't understand how that guy's not a, not a head coach. That, that's another story for, an, from an, uh, for another day. They're running the offense. But man, if, if they have him running the offense and they're going to come out throwing like they did last year, like I, I just think it's all systems go for a guy like Diggs, who's like second year. With Josh Allen, I don't think there's any reason for those guys to, uh, to take a step back. So I, I think you, you could see that ceiling there uh, for a guy like Diggs. And, and it is possible that Ridley could fall somewhere in the third round, too. So I, I want to just get Diggs under our belts now. And, and I'm still willing to go elite wide receiver with one of our next picks coming up at the 3-4 turn.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Buffalo threw
0: it more than anybody in the NFL
1: last year. And um, I heard a couple things out of their coaching staff in the offseason, you know, some reporters were kind of grilling them. Well, are you going to run the ball a little bit more? Do you want to be a little bit more balanced of a team? And they said, absolutely not. We just want to run the ball better. We don't want to run it more. We want to run it better. You don't pay a quarterback that kind of money and Josh Allen to run the football 50% of the time. And you definitely don't bring over a receiver like Diggs uh, to run it more and more. Uh, I, I really think that Buffalo is uh, at the top of the AFC as far as uh, teams on the rise, and they're going to be challenging Kansas city for a really long time. The coaching staff that they have, there's absolutely amazing. Um, and I think Allen is just going to continue to get better and better, obviously um, because of what he has in Diggs. Diggs is his go-to. Uh, Mr. Reliable and uh, I don't see them stopping anytime soon that's for sure so that's why I love the pick with him just because you know you're going to get the volume if he's on the field uh, Allen has no problem peppering him and 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 opposing defenses know that he's going to get peppered and there's really not much they can do to stop it
0: yeah no I I, I agree with you 100% I know that the problem for me um, with Ridley is that I love Ridley but I don't have Ridley ahead of Diggs. To, it, to me, it's a clear class number one at the top with Adams. And I think it's like Adams one, a digs one B the difference for me in terms of being like quote unquote bold with my rankings is that I have uh, Ridley ahead of Tyreek Hill. Um, but when you're drafting at the turn, uh, the, the end of round one, beginning of round two, it's like you want to kind of be realistic Well it's like, oh, okay. Well, if I want to come away with two elite wide receivers, I could potentially get, let's say if Diggs is off the board, I could get Hill and then still get Ridley because Ridley's ADP is lower. So I'm not going to just like reach on Ridley just because like I, he, he still might be there when I come back around and get my next pick or if I'm drafting in the middle rounds. But I haven't been at that spot where I've gotten enough shares of Ridley in a lot of my home leagues. So like that was the only reason I was really considering him over Diggs now since I have Diggs ranked higher. So, you know, when you're doing seven, eight leagues like, you know, Justin and I are doing each year. You kind of want to diversify your shares a little bit, but I don't mind having a couple shares of digs. I mean, that that that's something that I'm not going to question at all. So um It's crazy how people don't think about
1: that though, because I hear all the time it's like, oh, I have this player. I get him in every single draft, this, that, and the other. It's amazing that when you do this in a semi-professional way and you have a lot of money on the line, how you do diversify those picks. You know, you might have a first three drafts where you get somebody like, I don't know. Uh, Alvin Kamara with the third or fourth pick. And then you get into another draft, and you said, Well, I already got three shares of him. So maybe I want to go Ezekiel Elliott or so on and so forth. And I really think that's something that's really not talked about with people who played extensively and not are just, and not are, they're just not tied um, to their one or two personal leagues. So that's a great point.
0: Yeah. Um, Man, you know what? I did not expect to run into this issue here. Like I'm trying to freaking figure out how to get this screen to get shared for you guys. And I don't know what's going on here. I'm, uh, I'm where, struggling.
1: where are we at right now? How many picks uh, away?
0: We are about six, six picks away from uh, pick 29, which will be our round three pick. Okay. Um, so we got every, okay, so since our digs pick, I'm just going to go, I'll try to figure this out, but if not, we can kind of just let people know what's going on. You know, we're here where, uh, Tyreek Hill was taken one pick before us, so that kind of left us in our lap of like we had Eckler in the first round. We wanted either Diggs, Ridley, or Hill in round two. We got Diggs. We're happy with that. Uh, we had like four straight running backs from off the board after that, which I, I feel fine about myself. Is Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, Nick Chubb, Barkley, uh, Ridley went round two, pick seven, uh, and then a bunch of receivers in a row. Hopkins at the end of round two. He's fallen pretty far. Uh, Metcalf, Justin Jefferson. And then round three, we have uh, round three, pick one, Darren Waller went off the board, uh, Mixon, Clyde Edwards-Elair, and then A.J. Brown, McLaurin, and Robinson. So a lot of those top-end guys are starting to go off the board uh, You know, right now. Um, being that you know we're in this position, the actual NFFs, the NFFC rankings have uh, Patrick Mahomes, believe it or not, as the highest-ranked guy off the board. Uh, you know, If we had Tyreek Hill, I would consider it, uh, but we don't. But I I tell you what I am willing to do, Justin. I'm not an advocate for picking quarterbacks early, but I think we should consider taking Josh Allen here and getting that stack locked down with like possibly the highest scoring offense, highest volume passing offense in the league, and we'll have a nice pick of a a top-end wide receiver to add uh, in in the come-around in two picks later. So we could take Keenan Allen right here. Uh, Josh Allen, to me, those are the two guys that stand out the most, I think, out of all the guys left on the board. Are we on the clock? Uh, We're on the clock right now. Yeah,
1: give me the top three wide receivers left: Uh,
0: Allen, Woods, and Cooper.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on Allen. You know, and they have land below that.
0: Go ahead no. and take Allen. Uh, we'll Lam, Lam, Lamb was it. taken. Lamb was taken. Oh, I'm taken.
1: A, okay, okay, yeah. okay, 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 yeah. perfect. Yeah, I like Allen over all three of those guys um, because I'm fine with whoever's left on the ter- – coming back yeah. around.
0: I would have – I'm with you. I would have taken Lamb over Allen. To me, that's like a coin flip situation. Yeah, but, that was
1: my guy that I was looking for was Lamb. Lamb
0: was taken one spot before us. So it was, it was Kittle, okay. then Lamb, then Allen. Now we got the, the, the guy at the end taking two picks in a row. To me, I, I want to take Josh Allen if he falls in two picks from now. I want to get that stack. We're going to have Eckler, Diggs, Keenan Allen, and then stack Josh Allen with uh Stephon. Oh, you went
1: Josh Allen?
0: No, I went Keenan Allen, but I want to get Josh I mean, Keenan Allen.
1: Allen. Okay. So, no, 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 no. I got you. I got you. That's where I only get a big pushback in, not just because I'm a Raider fan. I, I'm i never low on Keenan Allen's productions, and I understand what he could do PPR-wise. I, I understand who he did or who, who his quarterback is. It's just that, you know, and and you always grill me whether we're on uh, Twitter or text or something like that. Show me the stats to prove it. I just think there's going to be a fall off with that dude. He's constantly injured. He's getting older. Um, I don't think that Herbert needs a number one guy. I think he's too good for that. I think think he's an Aaron Rodgers type where he can make any wide receiver good. So I'm not too high on Allen. I appreciate what he could do. But um, if it was me by myself, I don't know if I would have went that route. But maybe that's the Raider fan coming out of me.
0: Well, I think that with Allen, like the targets were insane last year. With sure, with sure, Hurley. and when you're talking about a guy like Rogers, like Rogers still has this guy, and that's no, the- I understand. And Keenan Allen's route running and the way he plays the game, like I think one makes- of the best. I think a perfect fit for Pete. If we're going half PPR, then the touchdown upside necessarily isn't there. But I think he was just the best option. I- I'd rather have Keenan Allen over Robert Woods uh Mari Cooper, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, guys like that. I think we're kind of sure. in that like kind of dead zone of like non-elite receivers, but for me, I would personally like to take Josh Allen right now cuz he's not going to be available at the on, at the end of round 5. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Let's get Yeah, that. let's let's, let's those lock in points. that stack. Yeah, let's lock in that stack of the Bills cuz man, just the way they came out in that preseason game and and I think they ran the ball one time and threw maybe 13, 14 pass attempts and they're doing that in a preseason game. Like they're going to come out guns blazing. And I think even adding Emmanuel Sanders into the mix there, uh, Gabriel Davis another year into his career, uh, that's just going to increase the upside and the amount uh, of attention of attention that defenses like can't give to Diggs because they're going to have viable weapons across the field. So I feel really good uh, about the start for us right now. Is that I think I agree with you. Like I wouldn't be- feel that great about having Keenan Allen as uh, my number one receiver, but the fact we're in a wide re- we're in a PPR league. And we have Keenan Allen as our wide receiver, too. We got, the, we got the Allen and Diggs stack. And then we have possibly, in my opinion, a guy who can be the highest scoring uh, running back in fantasy this year because the, the coaching staff and the scheme that's in L.A. now, they're the ones who coached Kamara. And they've already made comparisons, Kamara yeah. and Austin Eckler, from the years past. So Austin Eckler, man, you know, obviously he was hurt a little bit last year, but he came back soon from a very serious inju- injury and he looked really good at the end of the year. So I'm I'm very confident taking him there. Um, You know, a a guy I used to listen to a lot that uh, I I don't have as much time to listen to anymore, but uh, Matthew Berry, the fantasy OG from ESPN, uh, he has his ride-or-die player that he gives out every year, and his ride-or-die player this year is Austin Eckler. And I I feel good hearing that because this guy is like a legend in the fantasy industry, but I've got Austin Eckler ranked very high uh, ahead of the market in terms of ADP and the expert consensus rankings. I've got Eckler as my RB4 uh, right behind Aaron Jones. I got uh, Austin Eckler ahead of Kamara, ahead of Derrick Henry, uh, and ahead of Zeke Elliott just because of that pass-catching ability. And if if, if he just gets used a little bit near the goal line, then you're talking just smash city in terms of getting him at the end of the first round. So I, I feel really good with where we're at in terms of PPR format and the first four picks we got on the board right now.
1: Yeah, so, you know, we're always going to talk about the positive, And I think every time we go away, we're always going to make uh, some kind of argument for why we love our team, no matter who we are or what the draft is right now. I will say the downside that I'm looking at our team is that we're heavily invested into two teams. And that means on the Los Angeles Chargers side, when one person's scoring, it means the other person isn't. So that's something that I always look at strategically, at least, um, when I'm building my teams. I don't mind buying fully into one team. Two teams sometimes could be a stretch, but obviously you can't argue the talent um, with Kamara and Keenan Allen uh, I mean not Kamara sorry Eckler and uh Keenan Allen so I, I'm, I'm really okay with that there uh with the maybe uh second to last pick we got to throw in Herbert just so that way we can fill up a bye week stat sheet um and make sure we get all three of those guys for some reason if the Chargers and um Bills have the same bye week I think we probably shouldn't even set a lineup
0: yeah no no I I agree with you there and and that's the thing I don't want to pay attention to bye weeks too bad right now because that's no not, no. It's
1: just, just yeah. being sarcastic with it yeah
0: no but it it, it it is funny that the two teams we've invested in both have the same bye week but you know what do I think they that, yeah they do it's <laughs> they're both oh, in wow. week seven. Yeah, so let's i think maybe we should maybe be cautious about drafting herbert because we don't want our top two uh quarterbacks well no no now we don't do. no yeah.
1: i was but just joking about that
0: i would not mind uh i want to keep our eye on a couple guys the target is um uh, in terms of team stacks overall, uh, for me, like once I take one of these elite guys early, uh, I'm one, I want to look in the, in the middle to later rounds. Like I want to star, right. I want to go through the list of players right now. And I want to star Mike Williams, uh, for the chargers. Uh, I want to star uh, who are we talking about for the, uh, for the Buffalo bills. I, I want to star as a late, late pick, uh, Manuel Sanders. Um, Gabriel. How's, gonna, how's that going to work with Gabriel and Emmanuel? Cause one of them can't be
1: productive. I mean, I hate, I, I understand that, you know, they throw enough to go around or whatnot, but at the end of the year between him, Beasley, David, one of them will not be productive. He'll, he'll be bad. So which one is it going to be?
0: Well, you know, to say that we know right now, it, it's looking like the coach speak out of the off season is that Sanders is going to be the guy that's going to get the first run but keep in mind that like Beasley's another year older himself. And he has the whole like anti-vaccine issue going on that maybe could come back to bite him in the end, or maybe who knows, maybe a uh, force him the miss a couple weeks. Um, Gabriel Davis, the second year receiver that showed his flashes last year. So I don't want to just give up on a guy like that right away, even if, but the thing is the price you have to pay for Gabriel Davis is going to be so cheap. where like, you're really not risking that much to like try to guess at that situation. I think that, If these are guys that fall to us in like the super late rounds, then, you know, we're talking about a Bills passing game that could set records in the NFL this year. And if we have like a triple stack between Diggs, Allen, Sanders, and Davis, or at least one of those two guys with Diggs and Josh Allen like we have, like that could be an extremely high ceiling lineup from week to week, especially in the right matchup and in the right game script. So I'm all about like taking the value there. Like whoever's kind of left on the board – if we're in one of those kind of dead zone spots where we're not really feeling the players there, I think that that's how I want to look at it. Uh, and just real quick, I did uh, send you on Twitter. Check your DM. Uh, I sent you a link to the draft board, Justin, so you could take yep. a look. At
1: it. Yep, just need a login. Just need a login.
0: Okay, um, let me check my login for that. Where, where are we at? Who are we picking? How many? Uh, we got about five. We got five. We got five picks away. Um, let me actually try to get you my. Let me try to get you my login real quick here so we can figure this out.
1: Yeah, so for those who don't know, we're obviously sharing a team here. Uh, We decided that we wanted to do something together, obviously, going forward, uh, not only for betting predators, but for ourselves as well. And then just kind of throwing those strategies that we've been talking about all season long. So, uh, you know, doing it as a tandem is always great. Um, you got to have the camaraderie, but at the end of the day, um, you're always going to disagree as well on something. So it's all about just kind of working through that. If you are sharing a team with, uh, you know, one of your buddies or something like that, it's, it's a good experience too, because you have fun with it and you get different perspectives. You know, you don't draft the same team over and over. So
0: yeah. And I, I actually made a mistake. Um, I said, I misspoke earlier because I was getting mixed up between FFPC. We're about to come up next. It's a three wide receiver starting lineup, Justin. So, For me, like we've got now DJ Moore, Julio Jones, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk. And then to me, the guys I'm looking at T Higgins, Jamar Chase. um, And then we have uh, who's left Jerry Judy and Chase Claypool. All those guys are still on the board. Uh, If I had to pick personally, it'd it'd be between Higgins, Judy and Claypool. I would like to get two of those guys with these next two picks. But what do you think about those guys I mentioned? I hate Judy's quarterback.
1: Um, Claypool is obviously a touchdown monster. And I think that big bend has look as good as he ever has in the last three years or so. Um, Iuke, struggling, right? I mean, has, is, is he, about,
0: what do you think about T Higgins?
1: I think that <laughs> I think that Jamar chase is better. It's tough, man. It's tough. Like I said, you know, is one of those guys going to be bad? Well, one of the three Bengals guys is going to be bad. Which one's it going to be? You know, probably go with Boyd being the oldest one. They drafted Chase um, when they needed an offensive lineman, um, so they reached on him. You don't think they're going to feed that guy? Um, okay, Burrow's definitely going to look his way. Um,
0: I, I well, I, I let you get that one. Uh, you you made the you made the biggest bull case for Claypool, and I was up on the clock, so I had to take. I had to yeah, no. Time.
1: I guess going back, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm running out of time yeah. here. I can't. See all right, I'm gonna tell anything. you
0: now. Uh, hey, the, the, the the guy before us is picking. We're about to come on the on the uh, on the on the fifth round turn. Uh, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk, T Higgins, Jamar Chase, Jerry Judy. Those are so. Is Julio far- gone? Julio. Julio just got picked.
1: That would have been my guy before because if you're gonna tell me that all those guys are gonna play 16 games, he outperforms them, and I don't think it's close.
0: I don't think he's playing – but he's going to come into half those games banged up, Matt. Sure, I, I sure, sure.
1: You're, yeah, you, I mean, that's well, a
0: who, who do you like personally? And I'll tell you who I like out of, out of those guys. For me, I, I'm leaning either T. Higgins or Jerry Judy. Uh, I mean, you, even the Jerry Judy quarterback situation, like the amount of numbers he put up just with Drew Locke throwing the ball, I, I just think guys going into their second year, which is why I wanted Claypool on our team, I, I think we want to get that breakout season under our belts with year two. T Higgins or or Jerry Judy. And I think we could even wait. And and Jamar Chase could potentially still be there at, at our next pick in a round and a half later.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really fine with either of them. To be honest, you know, you get to kind of point in this draft where I'm just kind of numb to any of them. I understand the upside of everything, but I honestly can't stand the quarterback situation in Denver. I think that they're both very bad quarterbacks. Um, one through 32, I think Drew Locke was the worst quarterback in the NFL. I don't think Ted, Teddy Bridgewater is that much better. And if he gets hurt, they're going to go right back to Drew Locke. Um, you know, Sutton's coming back. To be honest, I'm going to let you take the reins here because I <laughs> – unfortunately dislike all of them equally
0: i'm gonna go t higgins uh he has the best quarterback yeah you know joe burrow was on pace to lead the league in pass attempts last year and higgins was a wide receiver top 10 guy when he was playing as starting with joe burrow and i think chase gonna have a little bit of a learning curve but we've seen multiple players on the same team be top 10 receivers and offenses before and t higgins is the guy that showed what he could do as a rookie and he's got the rapport with Burr already, so I'm more than happy going back to Higgins. And, and again, I, I think that what I would consider doing now is uh, getting the if the value falls to us in round six, we can get either Jamar Chase or Tyler Boyd and, and soak up two of the top three receivers in but possibly the highest you know, volume passing game in the NFL. So I'd be more than happy having that double stack as like a flex uh, slash. Right. But that's the option for us. The only
1: thing is, now I think we're in three stacks. Um, one with a very bad team, which actually benefits us because the Bengals are going to be behind quite a bit. Um, they should be throwing a lot. Um, I guess it really depends, depends on who's on the board there. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. Uh, yeah,
0: no, yeah, well, let's see what happens. Right now, we're about a round and a half away. Um, why don't you uh give me your thoughts overall with just uh the rankings of like who you're considering that hasn't been taken. We got DJ Moore. I wish I
1: could see the board. Yeah, I know. I'm going to,
0: you know what I'm going to do? Why don't you give me your overall thoughts in terms of uh okay. who you want to target at tight end? Cause let's kind of recap our podcast that we did the other day. And I'm going to try to get sure. you these logins here. I know we're doing stuff on the fly, so appreciate yeah, no it. We're, we're trying to, grind. I don't know what
1: tight ends are off the board. Obviously, like I said, the other day, I like Hawkinson. Uh, Detroit's going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I know he has a poor quarterback as well, but they should be throwing in an extremely large amount. Um, there's no wide receivers in that offense. Um, he should get close to 10 targets a game, if not more. Um, he's truly their only weapon in the passing game. Um, I love what Pitts could be. Um, I know the statistics that go against rookie tight ends. Um, I think this guy is absolutely a physical freak. So I don't believe any of those statistics, um, about previous, uh, tight ends um so those would be my top two guys um if it's not those two i don't mind waiting way down the board with guys that we talked about um uh, uh last week I, it looks like i got the uh, stuff that you're talking about here so i'm gonna go ahead yeah and, uh, try that try that yeah. long
0: I, I hope it works man I I'm, uh, yeah no worries no worries well we still got jamar let me, i'm just gonna start talking as you try to do that just let me know if we need to try a, a different password or something like that but uh tj hawkinson's the top high, tight end on the board he's actually fallen pretty far uh his rank is number fifty seven, ADP fifty-eight point four. So he's fallen about five spots behind his ADP in this draft here. Uh I mean if he makes it to us at pick sixty nine, I, I definitely wouldn't mind taking a TJ Hawkinson Hawkinson in that spot. Uh, or maybe another wide receiver. Um I would consider at this point RB two, viable RB two for me. I'd be looking at uh Chase Edmonds and Trey Sermon, even uh Raheem Mostert in case you miss out on Sermon, but those two guys, I think we have a chance to get here around round six and round seven to kind of solidify uh, a solid RB two spot. But I, I still don't want to stop attacking wide receivers at the same time either. So right now we've got we've got, you know, we've got four very high end wide receivers with upside. We've got our RB one with Eckler. We've got Allen, possibly the highest scoring quarterback in fantasy this year. Uh, so I feel good about the start in terms of our format. Um what are your thoughts on running backs? Uh, well, Trey Sermon just went, so it's Edmonds. Moster just went after Sermon, so we got. Were you able to log in, Justin? Uh, trying.
1: Okay, trying.
0: We got uh, top guys on the board: Jamar Chase, T.J. Hawkinson. Are, are we up? Uh, we got three uh, three more picks to go. Okay. I personally would like Jamar Chase or TJ Hawkinson right here, but uh, running back wise, like you're starting to get into that zone where it's like guys that just completely don't have workload secured. Like, you know, Kareem hunts a backup. I don't want to take a backup in round six. You know, I'd rather take an AJ Dillon or a Tony Pollard later than that. Um, that's where I kind of feel like where we're at right now. What do you think? Yeah, I
1: mean, like I said, I'm on Hawkinson or whatnot. I love Jamar Chase, and I think that he could be a phenomenal Justin Jefferson-like wide receiver if everything pans out in his rookie year. I'm just not big into taking six guys from three teams. That's me personally, but I'll ride with you either way.
0: Well, I think that one of these – these are the two guys left on the board. They both slipped past their ADPs by more than 10 spots, so I say – I think just because a tight end and he could be an elite tight end, top three potential, maybe even top two, if all things go right. So I'm down for Hawkinson. We could still get Boyd. I don't think that's bad. And you're talking about these mini correlated stacks in some of the highest potential offenses. So we're still going to have other guys. So, yeah, let's go Hawkinson here. I'm with you on that one. I think we're getting an elite tight end at an extremely cheap value all the way at the end of round seven. I've never seen Hawkinson fall that far in a draft so far, so especially in a 10 It's probably just
1: because of the injury I, early.
0: Yeah. I mean, th- there's nothing that I've seen out of camp that, that's going against that he's not going to be there and be ready to uh, play and contribute, but uh, maybe that just gives us the discount there.
1: Absolutely, and I'll take it all day. Yeah. I mean, he could easily – I mean, obviously, I know we're dealing with Kelsey and Waller, which are pivotal parts of the offense for both of their teams. But there has to be a case made that he could be, receive the most targets in the NFL if he plays all – every single game. I mean, they're bad. They're going to throw it constantly. And he is the only weapon in the passing game.
0: Yeah, no, ex- exactly. That, that That's the thing is that, you know, you got Tyrell the Gazelle, former, former Raider over there, you know – He's the yeah. wide receiver. If he's the wide receiver one, then man, TJ Hawkinson really is the wide receiver one. So we're getting a, a team that's going to be trailing a lot. Uh, we saw Jared Goff with a tight end in his offense that was featured. He made Tyler Higby look like the next coming to Travis Kelsey for a hot second there a couple of years ago. Uh, Hawkinson has more talent. He has better draft capital than Higby, and he's shown those flashes before. Uh, I, I think that's all systems go for Hawkins. He's not a guy I'm going to reach for in the fifth, sixth round, but man. He falls at the end of the seventh round. I, to me, I just – that's what I'm talking about, take the value where it falls. Like I, I don't think – I've never seen Hawkins, Hawkinson avail, available at that type of price. So um, I wind up taking yeah. Chase uh, with, the, with the next pick because he was still there too. He was like 15 spots below ADP. You even said it yourself, you like Chase the most, and I don't think it's bad. Yeah. It. Those, those two guys – We Chase profiles as like the most uh, athletic and skilled wide receiver to come out of college in a long time and now we're just letting like a media narrative of a couple preseason drops get in our way, I'll, I'll take the discount on that, and I'll fade the media and public narrative on Chase because Chase is on our bench right now. He's giving us depth, so on a bye week, if he comes in, like you could have a viable top-20 wide receiver coming in off your bench or to replace an injured guy. I, I think that we have a really solid start at, at the wide receiver position with those guys, all upside but also present very solid floors in their offense as well with both catches, targets. Uh, as well as touchdowns, too.
1: See, that's crazy to me because, obviously, you know, just speaking from the average narrative, uh, we talked about the other day, or at least I did, how, you know, we're playing for first or second place. I'm not playing for fourth or fifth. Even going into week one, I don't buy the narrative. Jamar Chase is Joe Burrow's boy. He's going to overthrow to him. In week one, if it was – Solely up to me, and I was choosing between starting one Higgins or Chase, it would be Chase until proven otherwise. And I know that's kind of crazy because how bad the preseason has been, like you talked about the narrative. But Jamar Chase can do things that T. Higgins can't. I understand how productive Higgins was last year. But personally, I think Joe Burrow told that front office, forget about the offensive line, go get my guy. And when your guy's there in the offense, how do you not go after him? So that's just my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Okay, so I, you know what? I, I just figured out. I sent you the wrong password. My bad. It's okay. No pass- worries. Pass- password I sent you will work. I guarantee it. Use the, okay. use, the, use the draft board link I sent you. Click the link and then log in with the pass. It's going to send me a security yeah, no code way. on my phone, and we'll, we'll get that taken care of. But you know what? It's good because what I'm doing is I'm trying to present you like, hey, here are the top three or four guys I think are available. Sure. I'm, you're giving me your feedback on them. And we're kind of putting our heads together that way in terms of how do we want to pick it? Because I'm with you 100%. That's why, like, I feel good that, like, we have the stacks that we have, we're stacking, like, potentially 80, 90% production on any given week of these offenses. And I think these are very high ceiling, high pace, high volume passing offenses when it comes to Eckler and Keenan Allen. I mean, talk about in a given week those guys, the amount of fantasy production they can put up in a very target, in a very heavily concentrated target attack in that Chargers offense with Justin Herbert going into his second year. So, uh, same thing with Josh Allen and Diggs, and same thing with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Man, so I I feel really good. You had Hawkinson at the discount; we got him out. We're going into round eight and nine, and the only thing we don't have is an RB two, which again I think at our strategy at this point, like. I want to target guys like A.J. Dillon, Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison in the later rounds, guys that like maybe could have standalone value to give you some contributions early. But again, you're stashing these guys on your bench, and all of a sudden one of the guys ahead of them goes down, and you're getting extreme value on some of these guys. So I, I think we're at that point where we got to start eyeing some of those guys, maybe an A.J. Dillon, um, maybe a Tony Pollard, maybe two picks down the road in round 10. Uh, you know, we can start saying, hey – we're going to get a lead upside of one of these guys, but at the end of the day, they're not going to kill us in our RB2 spot in our lineup too. You want to
1: hit me with that? Uh, did you get that code so I could log on here? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's
0: uh, Hold on. Let me just check here. All right, that should be it. All right, we're about we're about seven picks away from our pick eight.
1: Wonderful! Finally on the board here. here All right, go. there we go. There we go. So, so I'm, I'm just can... now finally looking at the roster: Claypool, Allen, Diggs, Eckler, Hawkinson, Higgins, Jamar Chase.
0: Are you? And you're looking at just the draft board right now? No, I'm looking at our
1: roster there. So okay. now, so now, so now I'm looking at the so now I'm looking at the draft board with, with who we have coming up.
0: Can you, oh, see, you, can see, you can see the available players though, or you can see that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see okay. the available players. So like every time, and I don't know why, and I just look at this, I want to get your opinion on it. So every time I see DJ Chark, I just think of how many bets that i made that uh, Marvin Jones is going to outscore him. So <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. some reason, uh, uh, our, our boy there uh, loves Marvin Jones.
0: I don't know about you, but let, let me, you tell me, and I'll tell you we got three picks coming up before us, before we're back on the board. I'm looking down in terms of ADP and trying to stay within a range where I think we can get an early guy and let another guy fall to us. But to me, the guys I really like at the top of the board in terms of ADP right now, uh, Jalen hurts week 14 by could be quarterback two behind Josh Allen this year. I firmly believe that that's within his range of outcomes. Uh, and then I also want to bring up a guy, Brandon cooks who I think Tyrod Taylor's at least serviceable under center. And when he was playing in Buffalo, man, he was slinging it deep to Sammy Watkins and and making Watkins a relevant wide receiver. And Brandon Cooks, when he's been healthy outside of that one year he was dealing with concussions, he's been a top 10 receiver in fantasy points per game. But people are fading every single Houston Texans player. Brandon Cooks has no one, there has no other competition in that offense. He could put up top 10 numbers and get, and we're getting him at the back of the eighth, ninth round. I I think that he could be a steal at, at this point in the draft.
1: Yeah, so looking down that board, actually, Cooks was the first one that popped off. To be honest with you, you know, we just differ a little bit in quarterbacks. I don't know if I'd even have one quarterback to this point, let alone two. So you're going to have to sell me hard on that. I love Cooks. I actually have them in tons of leagues, only for the fact of, kind of like Hawkinson, they suck. They're going to be behind. They have to throw. There's right. nobody to challenge for targets. I also love my boy, Nico Collins, who isn't talked about quite nearly enough, especially yep. in uh, uh, really deep leagues. Um, so, yeah, yep. if we're on the board, just looking around, I'm, I'm not a DJ chart guy. Kenny Galladay yet to prove it. I, Obviously, here's another hot take. I told you quarterback number 32 last year was Drew Locke. Well, for me, quarterback number 31 was Daniel Jones. So I want no part of that passing offense in New York. Yeah. Um, okay there. And it looks
0: like our guys that's, that's, that's one of my. That's one of my favorite season long player prop bets on, on the under for Kenny Galladay. It's, it's right at 1,000 receiving yards for the year. You're talking about a guy that's coming into the year injured. They drafted a rookie wide receiver with high draft capital. They have at least three competent pass catchers coming back in the offense. When, not even talking about Barkley. I'm talking about Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, uh, and Evan Ingram, the tight end who, who deserves targets on his own. We talked about in the tight end podcast, like Evan Ingram got a lot of targets last year. And if Barkley's healthy this year, that's a lot of targets and a potentially like run first offense. So, Galladay under 1,000 receiving yards, man, that, that to me, to that, it's, I think it's about 130, give or, t- give or take on DraftKings. Like, that's a smash bet for me for the under for season long player props.
1: Absolutely. So I'm with you right now. So now obviously coming up, we got another pick. Um, We're kind of looking at uh, either whether we want to reach on one of those running backs who I'm not super, super high on, or if we want to look at another, at at another running back, I mean, another wide receiver.
0: I think Um, the the best wide receivers for me, I, I like Gallup, but I also don't mind getting that Mike, Mike Williams is three spots down. And we're talking about getting the top two pass catchers for one of the best up and coming quarterbacks in the league with Mike Williams, giving us depth to where if like Keenan Allen, like you said, has the injury history, but surprisingly, if you look at Keenan Allen's game logs, the last couple of years, he's actually played at least 14 or 15 games like every year for quite a while. So I'm confident sure. in Allen's health, but Mike Williams could be a really good, really good value here at his, his ADP. But I also like Gallup and maybe like a, Younger player, uh, like a Jalen Waddle. Yeah,
1: see, that's the thing for me. I like Waddle because we're going for upside. We know what Mike Williams is. He's not going to eclipse that. And if anybody thinks so, I'm willing to put serious money on it. Um, Jalen Waddle, what I was told by a lot of people at Alabama, is he was the best out of all three of those guys there, uh, between Devontae Smith, uh, Waddle, and even Henry Rugg. So um, I just love that superstar talent. We don't know who the next Justin Jefferson is going to be, but it's going to be somebody. And if I could gobble up as many of those as possible, we have Chase, we have Waddle yeah. They're to me, they're like lottery picks. And, and, and yeah. I just, I just love getting all of those.
0: Yeah. Now you saw, you, you sold me right there. Now he's a guy that I haven't been getting enough shares of because to me, it's like, it's a muddled situation in terms that they have Devontae Parker, they have Will Fuller, uh, Preston Williams from last year. But the, the common theme between all those guys is they're either coming back from injury or in Will Fuller's sake, from a suspension and switching teams over the offseason. So Tua is a guy where his skill set isn't fully developed like other younger quarterbacks as we saw last year. And like you said, he has the chemistry. And I, I think that's a positive. Like we have the two elite prospect wide receivers in the NFL that are going to be reuniting with their quarterbacks from college. So now we have Jalen Waddle with Tua Tugabailoa. We have Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow. And we don't, have, we don't even have to rely on these guys to be instant starters for us right off the back so we've started out now with our we've had uh you know what is it 10 picks or nine picks on the board and we have i believe one two three four five six six wide receivers that we've taken so far and and i feel pretty good about that i feel like we've really maximized our upside actually seven we've had seven wide receivers taken one tight end one quarterback and one running back so in terms and of the, really, that running back is the
1: second best pass catching running back, really in the NFL when healthy. So, yeah. really, add like a half wide receiver in that case.
0: And it, yeah, so like for me, when I look at receiver now, I got to go down the board because this is where the, my rankings differ from the expert consensus, from uh, the rest of the ADP in terms of average draft position. Like when I start to go down this board, uh, I'm scrolling way down to like Rondale Moore, the rookie wide receiver in Arizona. Sure. Uh, Terrace, yeah, Terrace Marshall in Carolina, uh, who's like ADP on NFFC is one fifty-three. We're only at like around pick ninety something right now, ninety-nine going on a hundred. Uh, so we don't need to get him yet because I think we could wait till you know maybe our next couple picks, uh, and we still have a round to go before we pick again, our eleventh and twelfth picks. But Mike Williams is still there. Uh, the guy that I have ranked way higher that's still on the board and I think people just aren't paying attention because you got to scroll down to even find them, uh, is Corey Davis. Corey Davis has an ADP of 111.9 right now. We're at pick 100, uh, and you still have to scroll down even to find his name. I personally have Corey Davis as a top 24-ranked receiver in the NFL because I believe that Zach Wilson will be a, a competent passer in lieu of what they had last year where basically Adam Gase was trying to ruin everyone's career in that offense zach wilson has locked on to Corey davis at times this preseason and when you look at the history of like the new coach coming in new locker room culture then you had a a a capable talented quarterback who's coming in he's going to look to a veteran like Corey davis now where a lot of people don't don't like Corey davis because he was a bust early in his career but this guy came in with big time college pedigree Uh, but he had a really good year last year he actually equaled a.j brown in targets, in catches, in yards. But it was just A.J. Brown obliterated him in the touchdown department. So I think you have a huge value on Corey Davis at this point. But I also don't hate trying to get our RB2 uh, situated here with, with taking a couple of those high upside backup running backs as well yeah it's always a risk
1: reward no matter which way you go here obviously the pressing need is going to be rb2 i love everything that you said about Corey davis um you know i talked about lottery tickets and, and 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 rookie wide receivers i truly think and 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 i wish i could play some money on it i truly think that terrence marshall might have one of the biggest upsides um not just only off of talent but situation he's brought in there he understands the offense with joe brady he's immediately inserted into the slot um i don't think that Sam Darnold is going to just be the superstar quarterback in year one in Carolina like some people might project him out to be but they signed Robbie Anderson I don't think that they're going to be able to pay DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson and so on and so forth and I think they're going to start to really groom Terrence Marshall in that slot position and you know when Sam Darnold's seeing ghosts who's he going to get it out too quickly obviously the short intermediate routes I love the upside of Terrence Marshall. Absolutely love it. Just because the familiarity um, with Joe Brady and that offense, uh, they're going to be behind in some games. And I think that um, I've seen in the preseason, he's obviously getting a good amount of looks and a good amount of targets. He seems comfortable um, in what he's doing. So uh, I I love guys like that. Rondell Moore was handpicked in uh, Arizona. Um, I love what they're going to do there with him. They kind of see him as a gadget guy. Um, So, um, like I said, those young guys are always obviously appealing to me. Um, but Corey Davis wanted me a lot of leagues last year because I remember, I think it was maybe like week 14 or 15.
0: Well, and, not, uh, not, and, not, to, not to cut you off, Coach J-Rod, but Corey Davis is gone. So let's, gone. let's not talk about Davis somebody was,
1: wa- somebody was watching our, 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 uh, our live stream. I know. Well, here we're,
0: quick, we're, we're coming up on the clock soon. The running backs available are Zach Moss, James Conner, and then Devin Singletary, and then we get into, like, PPR backup backs, third string, uh, third down backs, and backups like Madison, Gio Bernard, J.D. McKissick. So, so Honestly, let, me ask you let me ask you something here, and I hate to cut you off here, okay? Yeah. But
1: and, and I'm a Raider fan. You see the flag behind me here. But the biggest downfall in this offseason has been the demise of Josh Jacobs. Oh, they don't trust him. They're bringing in Kenny Drake. They're doing this, that, and the other. He doesn't play every single game. Josh Jacobs finishes running back number eight. Obviously I know that he's off the board,
0: hey. but okay. if hey, we're so real, real, real quick, right. pause that thought. We're on the clock right now. What do you think on the board? In terms well, of- what I'm
1: saying is, is if we're so down on Jacobs, how come we're not so high on Kenyon Drake?
0: You can't because have I one think, without the if, other. If they're going to, if they're going to, I was already down on Jacobs last year. If they're going to split things, then I'm, I'm just down on they're the, They're not going to split uh, things. things.
1: Kenyon Drake is a joker wide receiver and he'll be used as that. He'll get zero goal line carries as long as Jacobs is healthy. Yeah. Um, Ronald Jones, I guess, would be my guy. Just because I have, get what, what
0: about, what about McCole Hardman or, or Elijah Moore or anything like that?
1: Uh, I mean, I think those guys could be available next time around. It would be Jones for me, but it's up to you.
0: Well, figure out what you want to do because I, I went and grabbed a little early just in case someone was thinking along the lines. I, I picked Terrence Marshall because I'm just as big as him as you are. I, so.
1: I, love, I love Terrence Marshall, but, you yeah. know, and like I said, I might be a little bitter and this is a fan coming out of me, but I truly think that it's irresponsible to be down on Jacobs and down on Drake. You can't be down on both of them because the one thing that the Raiders aren't that bad at is offensive efficiency. Okay. So what, which one is it? Is Jacobs bad or is Drake good? Because it's not going to be one or the other. Personally, I'm a pro Jacobs guy. He's going to get 100% yeah. of the goal line carries. Drake was brought in to be a wide receiver and an absence back when, um, when, when Jacob gets hurt. Cause you know, he's going to miss three or four games.
0: Well, here's the thing. Latavius Murray was cut. And Tony Jones is the guy. Like he had a huge preseason, uh, and the f- fact they made that move speaks volumes to me. And we were taking Latavius Murray as like a premier handcuff in the last couple years. Uh, I mean, there, there's there's a chance that Tony Jones he's going to go off the board sooner than what his ADP shows on the board right now. So he's the type of guy I wouldn't mind grabbing him or Madison to me. Unless you want to go with like a guy that that could get a decent well, work, like a Zach, Morris, well yeah, look- or Devin Singletary.
1: So how do, how do you decide from here? Because we're not at this point in the draft, purely me, I go with the starter over, even though some of those guys could have bigger upside. For instance, we know Ronald Jones is going to be the starting running back come Thursday night. Well, I
0: don't know about Jones because I, I think that Fournette could – I think Jones could get the least amount of snaps this year out of the, really? out of the of that offense, yeah. The short leash with him and Arians – I. I I don't. We don't have to pick a running back. I think there's so so many running backs. Where, and even the PPR backs, like James White could be an easy RB2 for us. Uh, Damian Williams in, in uh, the Bears playing a Tariq Cohen role. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss could each be equal starting running backs in their own right. Even James sure. Conner could be a starting running back, and Edmonds could still play the third down role there. So maybe we just – I like Conner
1: better than Edmonds too, so.
0: Yeah, I, I would say – Maybe at this point we take a Zach Moss or James Conner, unless you just want to go receiver and grab another Rondell Moore, or Elijah Moore. Well, or your boy
1: Mike, your boy Mike Williams is still on the board. Yeah.
0: You know what? Fuck it, Mike Williams, man.
1: <laughs> I hate this <laughs> team because I hate the Chargers. I hate the Chargers.
0: You hate them, but you but you want to love them though. That's your that, that's I, your that's your I, inner I, fandom I, coming out and trying to bite no, you. No, I know, I
1: know. It's the best thing because when they're lighting up the Raiders on Sunday, at least I'll have some rooting interest in their wide receivers.
0: That was the thing that I liked that I used to do early in my fantasy playing career. Is I'm a I'm a Bengals fan. I actually forgot to put on. I got to put on the hat now for good luck for the rest of the draft, but. Let's go who Let's go. By man. the way, my,
1: go, my boy, Dave. uncle Dave, shout out Dave Essler. Find him at underscore Dave underscore Essler. Uh, he said to actually text me today. said, coach J rod I'm so glad you don't wear your hat backwards. So I got to keep it for,
0: oh. Hey Dave, come on. What you, what you want to do? I got to twist around be a little That's, a, that's an here. age
1: disconnect. See now you look like you're a first round <laughs> draft pick.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Um, All right, so let's let's now let's let's strategize a little bit here. I'm I'm a backwards hat guy because I, you know what, I got a big head. You do you. Backwards hat feels like it makes my head a little bit smaller, so that's my strategy strategy in terms of live stream here. Maybe if it was a podcast, be different, but um, we're, we're like we're. I think our wide receiver heavy strategy. You, this is a full PPR league, and you have to start three receivers, and you can start four receivers because we have the flex. So. The fact that you 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 can potentially be starting four receivers every week as opposed to just two running backs, uh, I think our receivers are, like, locked in, even though I still wouldn't mind taking an extra one or two. Um, and
1: 16 bench spots. That's
0: probably going to be yeah, the
1: rarest form compared to what people play in normal. That's
0: league. another good point here that I didn't bring up earlier is that the amount of bench spots we have in this league, like, we have a lot of depth to fill up. And, look, I mean, we have – we've drafted not even what are we next picks going to be halfway through the draft for us. So, right. um, uh, and all those, I think for me, like this is like at this point, in the, like I'm looking at guys, like you talked about, uh, before, uh the other night, the night, the other night before we did our tight ends podcast, Justin is a guy like Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I'm looking oh, at Andy. this. I, I want to look at the PPR backs right now. And to me, you've got Naheem Hines on the board, JD McKissick, Giovanni Bernard, James White, Kenneth Gainwell, Damian Williams. Like, all those guys could be, like, the featured third down, long down in distance, getting high targets in those offenses. I like James White way better with Mac Jones under center. Giovanni Bernard was brought in specifically because Tom Brady wanted another James White type of running back in that offense, and that's why I'm not so high on Rojo or Fournette, because if anything, those guys are going to split the early down work, and then Gio Bernard is just going to get the third down work. So – I don't want to really touch a a three running back situation, but I'll tell you one thing that I do like at this point, uh, the the hype around Ramon J. Stevenson to me is legitimate because when you look at the Patriots overall, uh, they wound up trading Sony Michelle and there's no guarantee that Damian Harris is going to be the featured work, uh, workhorse running back in that offense. And Ramon J. Stevenson maybe was the running back of the preseason in terms of who broke out the most as a rookie a decent draft capital spent on him in terms of a third, third round, fourth round pick. So I wouldn't mind going with him unless we want to go two running backs here. Or we can get Zach Moss, James Conner, Devin Singletary, maybe Alexander Madison or uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I think is going to go way above his ADP. So he's the guy that I really like uh, getting in the 14th round.
1: Yeah, so it really depends on how you look at it. Like you said, um, whether you want to go floor or upside. Obviously, with the amount of reserve bench spots, we're going to have plenty of opportunities to take those guys who could take over offenses, um, who could emerge uh, via an injury. Um, In my opinion, I think we just go with the guy who we think is going to get the most amount of work week one, and that would be my pick. Um, Looking at guys like that, I still have to believe that James Conner is going to be the regular down back. He's going to get the goal line carries. Um, I know that obviously he won't be involved in the passing game, but um, another guy that I don't see you have mark here that I truly do love. He's been peppered all preseason long. They're going to be bad. People think they're going to be good for some reason. Jacksonville's going to be terrible again. I love Marvin Jones. It seems like okay. it, I, I just love him. I, I just think every time, I mean, hit him and a uh, Leviscus, but I think that they're going to be, I think they're going to be comparable as far as stats wise. We talked about Higgins and chase. I think there's a greater chance that Marvin Jones is the lead receiver in Jacksonville than there is the T Higginses, and I know that sounds crazy. Push me yeah. out on a ledge, but um, that's just how I feel. So, um,
0: no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at it. They brought him in for a reason, just like the Jets brought in Corey Davis for a reason, and, and different guys we're talking about. I just don't know if the the upside is going to be there because you have Shark there, uh, you have Lavisca Chanel who I'm very high on as well. Um, so, I mean, I, I think he's a solid pick at this point of the draft. I, th- I think I, – I agree with you that if James Conner's still here in round – we're talking about a round 13 pick, a James Conner. I, I think that's pretty solid value to where, like, he's not a guy I'm targeting. But, man, like, you know, he yep. could – like, he could be the guy that's going to get the goal line work because Edmonds is fragile. Like, who knows if Edmonds is going to even last that long. So, if, if you're cool with that, I say we grab James Conner. Yeah, a- and. And I'm a little nostalgic
1: here. Call me a uh, spiritual or whatnot. What James Conner has overcome and um, yeah. what he did in Pittsburgh. Then they kind of gave up on him, and now he's kind of in a prove it year. So, yeah. um, I love the pick.
0: And honestly, because because our rosters are so deep, and maybe just having that that uh, kind of comparable upside, uh, we still have Trevor Lawrence on the board, and also Justin Fields, man, like if we just go ahead and take, we got a lot of guys we like down the board at running back and wide receiver. Uh, I I feel like Justin Fields would be like a massive upside pick for us off the board here, where not only could he fill in on a bye week, but if anything ever happened to Josh Allen, Justin Fields is going to be the starter sooner rather than later. He's going to provide massive upside at the quarterback position because he's going to run the ball on a Lamar Jackson, Jalen hurts type of level. So honestly, for me, like, I think I I would lean strongly towards taking Justin Fields with our next pick.
1: Yeah, I love Fields. Um, Obviously, if you don't get somebody like Fields, which, you know, the Chicago Bears are just playing a game, and I don't understand how Nagy has the leash to play this game. Justin Fields is the best quarterback in Chicago. Um, I don't like this whole wait a year type thing. Obviously, people are going to throw out the Patrick Mahomes example. But Andy Dalton's time is over. You know, I admit oh, my time is now this, that, and the other. Justin Fields is the best quarterback in Chicago. I thought he was the second best quarterback in the draft behind Lawrence. Um, I just think they have a really difficult matchup week one. And L.A. is going to gobble up um, uh, the red rifle. And I think by week four, Fields will take over. So I love that as well.
0: Uh, well, that's what I did. I, I went in and took fields. We have eight wide receivers, Uh, but one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five receivers on the bench, three starting plus our flex. So we actually have four. We have nine wide receivers. We have one court, uh, one tight end. And then we have now two quarterbacks and two running backs. And I think that, man, like what we talk about with Connor again, like I have Edmonds ranked really high. But the, the fragility, like how small he is, the running back, like I don't know if he can handle a featured workload in the NFL, and they just might be better off keeping him in that kind of electrified, you know, pass-catching position and rolling that offense there. So for me, uh, I agree with you. James Conner, at that price, like we basically got James Conner for free, and if he's getting the, goal, the goal, uh, goal line work and even early down work and one of the maybe highest pace, highest-scoring offenses in the league – I think we had an absolute steal there. And maybe maybe his struggles last year were tied more to just the inefficiencies of one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL in Pittsburgh. So I, I I'm really happy we got Connor. And I still want to now start attacking some of our RB two depth because we still have, you know, Devin Singletary on the board, JD McKissich, Naheem Hines, um, Kenneth Gainwell, Damian Williams. I really want to get a Ramon J. Stevenson or Tony Jones because Tony Jones is the new Latavius Murray. And let's not f- forget about a couple guys down the board. To me, Tyson Williams with the Ravens. I know the Ravens just signed Le'Veon Bell today. But Le'Veon Bell is like a break it, you know, break glass, and emergency type of situation. He's been so inefficient the last couple of years. I think they simply just needed a guy, a body to put in the locker room. So I'm still willing to take a flyer in terms of like the hero anchor RB build that we have going on with a guy like Tyson Williams where – who knows this guy gets a shot? He could wind up becoming the Raven starting running back in a very efficient running type of offense, and you're getting him in round 15, round 16, especially with Tony Jones there in New Orleans, like the only backup there, the fact they cut Latavius Murray. It, it shows how confident they are in Tony Jones. and you know that Kamara is not going to be on the field for more than 60, 65 percent of the snaps. Like this is a situation we've seen in the past with Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, like if it's going to be Kamara and Tony Jones and Tony Jones is a new Latavius Murray, then we're getting an absolute steal and premier handcuff in the league in rounds 15, round 16 for our build right now.
1: Yeah, so Latavius Murray last year put up some of the best numbers in the Saints yep. offense. When, when we're thinking about a player like this that obviously doesn't have a team – naturally wouldn't you think that he's either going to sign with somebody like Baltimore I mean I know they got Bell but I think he's washed up but don't you think he's going to sign with the most running back needy team at some point during the year isn't that a huge get up for your bench where you know you have him on your bench you're not going to be able to use him for four weeks but wherever he does sign it's going to be somewhere where a running back might go down or they need extreme help like Baltimore and he's going to be inserted into the lineup immediately
0: I, I agree with you. Um, I let's let, I'm going to queue him up. I start him. He's in our queue. Um, I don't think he's going to be taken until super late. So let's de- let's definitely make sure to grab him because of that. Cause I, I agree with you. That's a solid point. If he does get taken by an RB needy team, like he's a guy that like, okay, his, you, maybe you don't want a guy, you know, as old as Latavius Murray is in the NFL. Like, you know, his age could be a factor because he's on the wrong side of 30, 31 years old let's not forget that this guy has been a starting running back in the NFL with, you know, obviously he's one of your boys, former Raider Raider starting running back there. But man, like when he was getting the start over Alvin Kamara in fantasy, uh, he was a, he was the RB one in fantasy for like a two, three week stretch and having that type of upside on your team, like he's shown that he can do it. I think that makes me just as bullish, if not more bullish on Tony Jones because of that system. And if you take Kamara out of the system, then you have Tony Jones. What if there's a three, four-week stretch where Tony Jones gets 100% of the uh, rushing work in New Orleans with the passing down work? Then then you're really cooking with gas there. So I think that we should be targeting both Tony Jones and Latavius Murray because the fact that they cut Murray, that, could, that makes both of their situations better. So I'm all about targeting both those guys here in the next like four, five, six rounds.
1: Yeah, and the other thing that I always try to predict, and it's stupid because these types of situations are so elaborate, I don't even know why they go through my mind. But I think about a team that's going through a transition like New Orleans. And they might be five hundred. they might be pretty good, but there's also a good chance that they're really bad. So let's just say we go with the narrative that they are a bad football team. Let's just say they're somewhere around 2-4 and four after Week 6 or somewhere around that narrative. And then something happens to Kamara where he's kind of like 50-50. You're not going to risk that type of player and you're not going to put them out there in meaningless games. So I always think about situations like that, you know, are is a franchise going to put a number one running back on the field. That's not hundred percent to make sure they win. Well, yeah. Somebody like green Bay might, cause they might be playing for a playoff spot. They might be fighting for something. Um, and, and I always think about, well, bad teams are going to, I mean, how many, how many games last year do we think that Christian McCaffrey was probably a close to healthy scratch or, if it was a playoff meaningful regular season game um, and they were close enough to it um, that he would actually get in there. Um, so, you know, on the off chance that he's bad and he does get banged up quite a bit, I do think we could see him getting quite a bit of work or at least getting held back. And, and, and I love that narrative. So I'm always up with those high, high end guys.
0: Yeah. And, and what I'm doing right now that we're, co- we're about to come up on the board, I'm, I'm just trying to go as far down the board on ADP as I can to see what, what, what guys are just hiding back there that aren't being seen, but we're on the clock now, man. I, I don't know. Like to me, me another situation that we could take advantage of is like, you know, we talked about uh, the fact that uh, James Conner could be the starting running back. Like Devin Singletary could be the starting running back for like the number one offense in the league. He's actually beginning work out of Moss. Yeah. So correct. I
1: think I think- we're, in, we're we're yeah we're invested in Buffalo already. So that's yeah. really up to you. What could what could Alexander Matson be if if Cook goes down? um that's just the game that you have to play what do you you, you
0: think like who who would you rather take between Singletary or Madison at this point
1: I I love the upside just with Madison I know it's going to take a lot for him to be uh prevalent but if he is it's a no doubter I mean he'd be waiver waiver wire number one pickup um he would be a top 10 running back um just with their offense so like I said in these situations I'm always going for upside not floor
0: yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I'm with you. I took Madison there and Singletary was taken right after him. So, you know, we we can't get him. Uh, Murray's it's funny. We bring up Latavius Murray that he was cut. His ADP is like right here now. So I think if, I think that someone's going to take him because they just see his name at the top. Um, and I, I think in terms of wide receiver, the guys I like at this stage, I, I think there's a lot of guys I like that we can wait a little bit on. Um, Cole Komet as our I, second tight end. Yeah, I was gonna say we gotta
1: start thinking about tight end just in case of injury.
0: You know, I'm you know we talked a lot about. I really love Cole Komet. I think it could be a top ten guy in his second year, and we already have Fields too. So if we get that potential backup combo, and in terms you of,
1: and you guy, you have your guy way down the board, which we don't have to get now, but you have Ebron there. I love your points about him the other night.
0: Ebron, even even like I'm telling you, man, Jawan Johnson, dude, Jawan Johnson is gonna be the guy. Like, who the hell is this guy? Like, he, he's gonna wind up falling out in New Orleans. Right.
1: What do you think? Love um, Russell
0: Gate. Mm. Cole Komet, at tight end, uh, a wide receiver. We're looking at Gage, Beasley, Aguilar. Uh, but a lot of guys I still like down the board. Even Paris Campbell's even further down the board. Uh, Latavius Murray and Kenneth Gainwell. We could get one of those two guys, too. Uh, you know I love Kenny. You
1: know what? I just think he has a huge opportunity.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. You know what? Let's, let's go ahead. He might not be there in our next, in our next go around. So I'm taking game. I ball. don't
1: know if he will, because I think, and you know, we talked about the other day, you know, we were talking to off air really the first time that we discussed this, you know, you said, show me the stats to prove that uh, Miles Sanders isn't the guy or that the coaching staff doesn't believe in him. And I understand where you're coming from because I know what he can be. Um, and I understand it's just speculation from a fan, but I think even with Boston Scott, Um, I think that Gainwell is impressed uh, enough to this point where he's going to be inserted immediately in that third down role to start the season. Um, If Miles Sanders does lose um, a little bit of confidence with the coaching staff or gets hurt, I really think we're um, in a – I don't want to say an Alvin Kamara type situation, but I just love the athleticism of Gainwell. I love what he can do with the ball in his hands. Um, I think once again, Philadelphia is going to be a poor team. They're going to be passing a lot. Um, I love check down Charlie as they call him. And, uh, you know, I think Hertz is going to rely on those guys.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you there. And like, when you look, when I'm looking at the draft board now, and I think we've honestly, I mean, obviously, maybe there's a little subliminal bias here, but, we're the only team on the board that actually went five straight receivers for a stretch, but we're taking advantage of the format. And I think that Jamar Chase, starting in round eight, Jamar Chase, Brandon Cooks, Jalen Waddle, Terrace Marshall, Mike Williams, the fit with our Keenan Allen in the third round. Like these are all guys that went in the right type of year, like could be huge blow up type of receivers. And they're going to be our depth in this offense, like wide receiver three, flex uh we're gonna have correlated stacking opportunities with the Bengals, uh with the chargers as well you know obviously w- w- at the top with the bills with josh allen and stefan Diggs. so i'm really excited about that i think we've taken advantage most of this format and the fact that we have a really high upside qb2 uh we waited on hawkinson somehow he fell to round seven um you know and I feel really good about our running back situation because we waited a long time. People start getting nervous and antsy when it comes to doing that anchor RB, you know, "quote unquote" hero RB, where you take one high-end running back and then you sit back and wait and you let the value fall to you. And even now at this point, like like you said with Kenneth Gainwell, like his name has picked up a lot of buzz just over the last week alone. And Miles Sanders has been disappointing. Uh, this coaching staff went out of their way. To draft Kenneth Gainwell, like he's part of the new regime now. So now I'm starting to look at the glass half full side with Gainwell to where Scott and, Scott and Sanders had both been there. And Gainwell could be the guy, like he has the athletic profile to be that explosive pass catching back, even more even more so than what Boston Scott's shown in the past. So the fact that, that we waited this long to, to start getting our RB2 situation in order – but we wound up getting Alexander Madison, maybe the number one handcuff in the league, James Conner, who could be the starting running back for one, of the number, for one of the top offense in the league, and now our fourth RB is Kenneth Gainwell with that type of upside. I feel really good about that, and, and I still like some of the running backs on the board. I think that we should – guys that – let, let's talk a little ahead of this now. Like Guys that I want to target at this point, I would say the three running backs on the board that I like the most in terms of where they fit with our build – are Tony Jones, again, like Tony Jones could be the new Latavius Murray, maybe even better than that. Uh, and then Damian Williams, a guy who was like arguably the Super Bowl MVP less than two years ago. Uh, he's coming into a situation where David Montgomery is the only running back ahead of him. Tariq Cohen, like God knows when that guy is going to be able to play another football game again. And now Damian Williams was brought into Chicago. He's already – coach has already said he's going to play the Tariq Cohen role. So – Damian Williams at this point, round 17, round 18, there's massive value there for me. Or just Latavius Murray himself is going to be sitting there too. So I like Latavius Murray. I like Tony Jones. I like Damian Williams, all for those reasons alone. And then the one guy I'll throw in there is uh, Ty Johnson, who actually uh, coaches and beat reporters have said, like, this guy's going to be the Jets starting running back to start the year. And he's actually showed a lot of uh, flashes and upside with his athleticism just over the last couple seasons. So I don't think he's a bad pick to throw us a death piece there either. Yeah, absolutely. You
1: know, I, I really love all those guys. And right now, like I said, you know, I've said it repeatedly here on, um, on the stream, you know, we're always going for upside. Um, One of the guys that I think about, even though we're already wide receiver heavy, is Nelson Aguilar. We talked about it with Jono Smith. Uh, New England paid him a lot of money to come over from uh, Oakland slash Las Vegas. He was Derek Carr's number one wide receiver out of Darren Waller. They obviously believe in something. Um, I don't know who Mac Jones is going to choose or rely on, but obviously they paid him number one. Nikhil Harry has fallen um, out of commission with the coaching staff. Uh, not really sure who else they have there. We don't know if Jonu or Hunter is going to be able to stay. Henry, I mean, essentially, at this late in the draft, you could get somebody um, like him, uh, Nelson Aguilar, and he could be uh he could be a number one wide receiver for the Patriots
0: with ease. Right. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I'm trying to look at what tight ends are still available here. Um, yeah, I've lost my feed here for some reason. It only shows me a big board now. You want, I'll send you the uh, the link to the draft room, see if you can get on that way. Okay. All right, let's see here. I was trying to look at what tight ends were like further down the board in terms of ADP of who we could be targeting. All right, we're on the clock now. Um uh, let's see here. Who are we at? Uh, no, we go. Here we go.
1: Uh,
0: Nelson Aguilar or I would say Murray, Damian Williams, or Tony Jones. Tony Jones is down there. Damian Williams, Latavius Murray, or Aguilar. Because they could all three of these guys could be back at one of our next picks too.
1: Um, I'm going with uh, – it would be Aguilar for me just because I think he could be the number one option in, in, uh,
0: okay. in New England. I'm down for that. I think at this point in the draft, I, I like that, and, and let's get one of those running backs coming back on the turn now.
1: Uh, who do you like the best out of those so far?
0: Well, I, I, I'm still looking at wide receiver. I, I still no, do no, like. No, no, I, got you. I, we still do I have love the. To, hey, we still have the chance to stack Emmanuel Sanders with Diggs and Josh Allen, and Brian Edwards is still on the board. I do like both those guys as well.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Let's see, right now we're sitting at one, two, so four running backs. So this is going to be running back number five is where we're getting into. Um, we'd be drafting running back number five. We're on the call. We only
0: right have now. to store two running backs, um, obviously. So. so,
1: so, So long story short, I understand the health concerns, but you gave me a little bit of upside. What do you think about the value of Hunter Henry at this spot right now?
0: I had him starred there. Um we talked about we were actually surprised to see how much volume he got in New England last year. And uh there there's I mean the two tight end set worked in the past with Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski in New England. We still have the same, you know, Bill Belichick regime there, so I I, I could see that. Um I don't honestly I don't mind I don't mind going there with our with our second tight end.
1: I like it just because once again upside.
0: Yeah. No, I, I I think so. I, I think that you could see two viable starting tight ends with it, with both Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, and now with with Mac Jones starting, definitely I'm willing to pull the trigger on Hunter Henry in round 18. Uh, I'm I'm down for that. I like that because now you know with T.J. Hawkins in there, you know he has a he has a buy in week nine. Uh, Hunter Henry could wind up emerging because yeah, Hunter Henry's been banged up in the past, but he stayed healthy all last season and sure. the, you know, the targets that he got. Like let's not forget, like we were calling this guy. The next breakout tight end just a few seasons ago uh, in Los Angeles. Whenever Antonio Gates was going to finally retire, so I think there. Are, I think all these running backs we've been talking about, we're going to get at least one of them with one of our next two picks. So again, I'm looking at J.D. McKissick at this point in a PPR league. I, I think he'll be gone, but him, Latavius Murray, Damian Williams, Tony Jones, Ty Johnson. I like all those guys. Uh, Boston Scott's still there because we have Gainwell too. Uh, And then Justin Jackson, if he's healthy, I'm pretty confident he's going to be the handcuff to Eckler if we want to go that route. Uh, They also have the rookie in Roundtree, uh, who could be like a really, really late option for us there. Um, But those are like kind of going really deep on the board. Like those are some of the guys I'm looking at in terms of running back still. Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't want to pat my own back, but you, you hit me with the statistics thing. This isn't a statistic at all, but uh, it was reported NBC Philadelphia Sports reporter Ruben Frank believes that fifth-round running back Kenneth Gainwell has really carved out a significant role for himself. <laughs> he is going to play a lot this year with emphasis on a lot.
0: I like it, man. You know, what? I, I just drafted uh, Kenneth Gainwell in a best ball league on FFPC that I'm doing. And I just got him in my home league last night. Actually, it was surprising. Uh, I went the same anchor RB. I got Aaron Jones in the first round. Wound up taking uh, Stephon Diggs and Keenan Allen again in that league. So I got him somehow. Wound up getting the same type of build here. Didn't get Josh Allen in that one. Uh, did get Claypool. But yeah, I wound up with Gainesville so, late. Look, look. Just that upside there. I was happy with it. So uh, it, sure, definitely good to hear that at this point. You know.
1: So let's talk about McKissick. Obviously the production in the receiving gap last year was immaculate. I know there's a lot of knock about the new quarterback and how he doesn't check it or check down very much. Obviously the emergence of Logan Thomas and they want Antonio Gibson to be the main feature back. How are you looking at somebody like McKissick, even with the negative narrative on him going into this year?
0: Just that the coaching staff, like some coaching staffs are just stubborn and like if you know, he was used on like Antonio Gibson played like one third down snap in the preseason. So when they ran out the starting offense, like nothing changed from last year, except for the fact that Gibson was targeted more on his early down snaps. So Gibson could still get a lot more catches this year, but I think he's going to get a lot more catches on first and second down, which is great for him just to get more targets alone. But uh, it seems to me like McKissick still locked into that role there. And he's a guy that's going to present mismatches for linebackers in the middle of the field. He gets improved quarterback play, so uh, maybe like he's not going to get those 10 plus target games consistently. I mean, if he was, he would be, he would be an absolute steal at this point, you know.
1: Yeah, no doubt. But I just, like I said, you know, it's just weird for me to somebody go for um, what do you have? 80 receptions last year as a running back, um, 589 yards for them to say that he's just not going to be relevant enough. I think what people uh, don't consider is that um, we're dealing with NFL teams that want to win and whether it's injury based or game flow based, they're going to do whatever it takes to to put a winning football team out there. And regardless of what your style is or what you want to do, um jd mckissick offers them something that they don't have so um it's hard for me to be able to just say yeah he's not going to be used because of the quarterback or the coaching staff i think there's tremendous value with him in late yeah. deep leagues like it, like this
0: no i agree like he's a guy where like we're in a ppr league and if he somehow falls to us still at this point in the draft oh he was just taken yeah he, just he was, taken he was the top at the board i, th- I think his he felt like uh I, I think JD McKissick wound up falling almost 40 spots behind his ADP. That's pretty wild. Maybe, maybe we should have considered uh, him in the, in the last round. But
1: Okay, let me ask you another one. Just on volume alone, I understand that his preseason has really gotten people down a bit. He was a little bit higher rated um, before preseason just because of the volume alone. But Amon uh, Rod Saints or St. Saint Brown um, out of Detroit, another rookie guy. Yeah. Um, could emerge as their best wide receiver not sure obviously not an early draft pick but um, i think he was a fifth or a sixth rounder but once again they have nobody there
0: well think of latavius murray is the top rated guy on the board at adp uh 35 i'm ready to get him. i think we should just get him because like you said like yep. he could go to baltimore maybe maybe they signed bell today but he could still go to a situation like that. Maybe the Chiefs sign Murray. You know what I mean? Like, that's still sure, on the board. What if the Bills sign Murray? They're like, you know what? I we was don't just going to say, Boston
1: what if Buffalo there. signed him?
0: Yeah, I, I think we'll go Murray there with the upside of just like, this guy's still talented. He doesn't have the wear in his tires that a typical 31-year-old running back has. And the one thing I like about Murray more more so is like an, an aged running back, like Mike Davis, right? He's not Mike Davis isn't as old as Latavius Murray. But he doesn't even have the track record that Murray has had. Like Murray's been in multiple franchises where he's stepped up and produced at an RB one level, and he doesn't have that wear in his tires. So I think for him at this point, like we can just keep him right at the end of the bench in such like a a, a, you know, a deep roster type of format like we're in right now, and you know he's he could pay dividends for us, but we're not we're not paying anything to get him right now. He, he's so- a
1: no guy. I'm. I'm gonna let you choose this next guy, but just somebody that I would think about this round because I think we've developed such a good team to this point, and we're going for that tremendous upside. Obviously, no, we have a top guy, but I love Deshaun Watson at points like this. I. I, I know that's. I know that's a reach, yeah. but with how how deep our, our our reserve spots are, gosh, if he were to come back, I mean, depend on where he would be at. I don't Obviously, think that he-, he could be a zero.
0: My my thought is that he's not going to get taken. I think we could get him at the next two round picks we have. Absolutely,
1: be, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um. Damn. Uh, freaking Tony Jones was just taken, man. Um. I really wanted to go get with
1: Daryl Daryl Williams. He's the best guy. I mean, that's a great offense to come to come into if something were to happen. Yeah. on In that backfield.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go for that. This is kind of the build we're at right now. We're taking those high upside backups and Daryl Williams. Something happens to Ceh. You know, the fact that they didn't bring in a Le'Veon Bell like they did last offseason, I think that at least goes to show you that the coaching staff likes Darrell Williams. Like, he ac- he actually got more run than edwards elaire did at points of the playoffs last year. I know CEH was dealing with some injuries here and there, but uh, Darrell Williams is pretty young himself, and he does things good that the coaching staff notices that doesn't show up in the box score. Like, how is his pass blocking? Like, how is his awareness in third downs, knowing how to read the quarterback and read the defense. So he's the type of guy. I think I, I agree with you. For me, it would it would have been between him, Ty Johnson, and Justin Jackson. I still like again, Ty Johnson, there's a non zero chance he is the Jets starting running back for the beginning of the season, maybe for a majority of the season. So I think if he falls to us with one of our next two picks, I want to grab him. And then I'm still interested in Justin Jackson because something happens to Eckler, I think Justin Jackson will get the first crack at being the starting running back in a high powered offense with the chargers. So those are a couple of the running backs. I still like Uh, same reason I have Larry Roundtree starred is because he's a rookie brought into the chargers where he could be the guy behind Eckler now. Uh, And then don't forget about a guy like Darrington Evans, who would have been drafted already, but he's going to start off the year missing the first four weeks of the season on IR. Uh, Maybe we could take advantage of him later. Just the fact that like, Hey, this guy was drafted with a round three pick in Tennessee. If something happens to Derrick Henry, who's had like 10,000 carries over the last two seasons, uh, Evans could benefit greatly from that. And if he's only going to miss the four, first four weeks of the year, then we could take advantage of the public gating him just on that injury alone.
1: Yeah, I love that. One guy that you don't have starred down here that we're probably not going to be able to get our hands on because we like so many uh, other players. But just for uh, fantasy advice purposes, I love everything about uh, Diami Brown in Washington. Um, Obviously, they have a quarterback who's going to throw a ton. I love Terry McLaurin. I love Logan Thomas. I love what that offense is kind of developing as, but he's going to be featured in the slot. Oh, yeah. um, if, you look, if you look at what North Carolina did without all those weapons that they lost in the NFL draft, they're absolutely terrible. I know they played uh, a pretty good team there in Virginia Tech, but um, um, it just goes to show you how many weapons that team was absolutely loaded with. Um, for these deep leagues, I just love his opportunity with how much Fitzpatrick is going to pass the ball. And if they are down in certain games, he's going to pepper those slot guys for sure and if something were to happen to McLaurin I think he could have a big step up for sure but yeah. uh, that's one guy I know that we haven't
0: touched on yet I mean what about I mean dude what about I love the I missed him when I, I always start him I, I must have ran over him by, by accident when I was going down the board like um Taysom Hill I have starred same reason to Sean Watson like what if Jameis Winston throws six picks or what if Jameis Winston just gets hurt Jameis Winston got hurt Taysom Hill instantly becomes the starter with no threat behind him and could be a a quarterback top five option. So, like, that's a huge upside guy to throw in at the back end of the bench here. And with this format, like, we're going to have four runs at waivers throughout the season. Like, they're going to run waivers every three weeks in this league. So, like, this isn't best ball. Like, we don't have to keep the same team season to season. Like, we can still play the waivers, even though it's not weekly. But we can cut a lot of these guys if they don't work out for us and still play waivers. So, that makes me more confident taking guys like this.
1: So in Cincinnati, if uh, something were to happen to Mixon, do you have confidence in who they're going to bring in after that, or do you?
0: Think no, because you know, like last of, uh, year it was, it was supposed to be Travion Williams last year, and he's like fallen out of favor. I think he's on the practice squad with them right now. Uh, they brought in a couple late round rookies, and then Samaje P. Rhines. Like I think he'd be the first guy to get the crack at it, but. I don't know man like I don't know if I want to be taking P Ryan and and messing with that situation there so I I could be wrong obviously but that's just kind of my gut feeling with that situation overall Um, I would still again to me like Ty Johnson's a huge value at this point in the draft Uh, Nico Collins and Deami Brown yeah I was just gonna say Nico Collins solidifies
1: our wide receivers with Houston because obviously we know that one guy is going to be targeted a lot and we kind of you know fill up that lottery ticket halfway with both, guaranteeing ourselves okay whoever is going to be the best one in that bad offense getting peppered a lot we actually now have both options
0: yeah no i I think that's a good point there um one thing hey so (laughs) my boy you you got to pick your boy you might have to let me take my boy if we're in a deep eight spots uh you might have to let me take Tyrod Taylor if we get Nico Collins, because Tyrod Taylor's my boy, dude. I, I if he's going to start every game this year, he's going to finish as a top fifteen quarterback. Like I have no doubts about that in my mind. But that's don't let me get in a have No, I have no, pr- Tyrod, I have no problem Taylor. with that. I have no problem with that. I, I say we go if if we get Nico Collins here. I'm going to come back around and take Tyrod Taylor. We got Tyrod Nico. And Brandon Cooks. Well, you,
1: you got Nico. Yeah, it's it's up to you or whatnot. But we still got uh, Taysom Hill, like you talked about, and then your guy Ty Johnson still on the board too.
0: Well, Randall Cobb still available. I don't know what you think That's about That's what him. I
1: was gonna say. You you talk about we talk about people liking each other. He was handpicked to come back. Yeah. But I mean, is he gonna? I mean, you got Tony oh. in the red zone.
0: Nico Collins was just picked, man. That's, that's destiny right there, that we weren't going to go the Houston Texans stack route. So I, I, go, I would vote right now Randall Cobb or De'Ami Brown. Which way do you want to go there between those two guys? Uh, what about Hill?
1: Do you, do you still want to Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, I kind of look at him almost the same as Watson. I'd probably take Hill over Watson. Okay. but yep.
1: No, 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 no. That's fine. Uh, I like Brown better.
0: Lottery like, tickets, like I said. Yeah, I like Diami Brown a lot. Yeah, let's go, Deami Brown. I like that.
1: Yeah, who who are you targeting here with this next pick? We're up here in a. Couple All of right, minutes. I I like.
0: Well, I, I like Cobb still. Um, uh, let's keep that as our only wide receiver target for now. I I like Ty Johnson still. I still like Ty Johnson.
1: No, I understand. I like. I mean, I like it too.
0: I mean, at this point, we're we're in round 22 and can still get a starting running back for a halfway decent team. I think they take – I think they're competitive at least this year.
1: 9, 10, 11, 15. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, we're getting close to kicking kickers and defenses. Obviously, that's going to be dead last. But uh, just kind of looking, it seems like some other teams have already gotten their hands on some.
0: Yeah. Are people taking? You know what? I I totally oh team. You know what it is they do. They do team kicker in the, in this league. So we got to pick a team kicker and a team defense.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah,
0: that was my bad. I was overlooking that part right there. But we don't. Again, we can play waivers in three weeks. So we don't need to, We don't need to take two. Sure. So yeah, I, no, I say I, I, I say we just take one kicker for sure um let, let's not work let's get let's two, get get two skill guys now i'm going to take ty johnson right now i just think that the value is yep, just there so. for me
1: yeah let's get ty johnson on our board and we got two reserve spots left now in this one clarify with me do we have to kick that kicker in that defense or, or can we take uh extra positional players
0: uh well the thing that i got a double sh- Double check. I'm at, uh, this is uh, slacking on my part here because I'm in so many leagues right now. I'm starting to lose track. But um, we have runs of waivers. I think the first run of waivers isn't until week three or week four.
1: So we got to take those guys. We
0: got to take at least one. I'd say we just take one, though. I, I've seen I've seen people take a couple people in this draft taking two defenses. I, I just don't think we need two defenses. No,
1: no, no, no. Just one. Yeah, yeah just one. Yeah. Just one. Let's see.
0: I mean, you got the the Packers in week one um, are playing against, I believe. Against New Orleans. Yeah, against Jameis Winston. Uh, I, neutral I really, side game. One defense I've been taking late that I haven't seen anyone taking is the Seahawks going against like either Carson Wentz or like a no-experience rookie in, in Indianapolis in week one. And Seattle's defense right, yep. was pretty damn good towards the end of last year too. Yeah, go ahead. I went ahead and queued them up
1: for you. Here I'm trying to at least, or it's not going to let me. You okay. will have to do it. Okay. Hold on a second. Uh, right. yeah. Then you got the Packers, Minnesota. Still got the Chicago defense, which is going to be, you know, very good. Um, I don't. I wouldn't mind Chicago at all. Obviously, they have a poor Week One matchup, but and they got to pay the Packers twice. But um, obviously, they have some talent on that defense. And then uh, team kicker wise. Um we want to probably look at somebody like Denver's always good just for the altitude. Um Green Bay is always good for the scoring. Um there's plenty of guys there that we could look at for
0: sure. Yeah, I, I almost like maybe taking like a just a high paced offense type of kicker. I mean Arizona's kicker. Um right. again, this, this just is, yeah, for anyone who's listening or, or paying or tuning into the live stream, it's a team kicker, like doesn't matter if the kicker gets hurt. It's whoever the whoever the kicker is on the team. We're going to get the points for that no matter what. So Arizona right. team kicker, uh, New Orleans, because Sean Payton's still calling plays. I think they have two solid quarterbacks in there, whether it's Hill or Winston. So they're going to score points. I love the Niners, too. And they're playing in a dome, too. I, I like Seattle, Niners, Saints, Cardinals. Chargers kicker, I think, is solid. Uh, Broncos kicker, Packers kicker. We, we got a bunch. Of, we don't need to worry about that right now. We got a bunch of options right. there. Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Defense-wise, I-, I would lean towards, at this point, my top two on the board would be uh, Green Bay and Seattle just because I think those are two good offenses that can get ahead and, and that can run up a lot of sacks and, and pressure in terms of like, getting us positive game scripts for our defense.
1: Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Now we got to really dive into some big stuff here.
0: Um, Man. If if we, if we did, but you know, having 28 picks again, if we did want to take another quarterback uh, I'll tell you, there's four guys I think are still solid on the board. Two of them are guaranteed to start week one. That's Mac Jones and Tyrod Taylor. Uh, we do have Nelson Aguilar in terms of Jones. And then we do have Brandon cooks for Tyrod Taylor. Uh, and then you got Watson and Hill, like we talked about before. So, I mean, all four of those guys that have starred, we don't have to go that route right now uh, with these two picks coming up, but uh, we could go. We have Justin Jackson and Larry Roundtree, the RB two and three behind Eckler in Los Angeles. Uh, Darrington Evans yep. is there, and uh, Boston Scott. I don't know. You know, we want to put Gainwell and Scott together, but he's a guy I still at star too.
1: Yeah, you also got to think about possibly a third tight end. I mean, I know that's kind of a lot, but with waivers only happening on week three, you never know what could happen. Uh, your boy Mo Ali Cox is still there. A lot of guys that you highlighted the other night um the other I one was, that's really I interesting to for me Juwan, was Juwan.
0: i was looking for juan johnson but you know what uh, i've seen different leagues juan johnson's listed as a wide receiver in, in this in this uh in and NF, ffc and ffpc is listed as a tight end so that's why i'm not seeing him here
1: so the other thing is is that everybody is down on this person okay and hear me out because i'm down on him as well but he's a first round draft pick he does have a terrible quarterback but at the same time, they invested a first-round draft pick in him, and he's still on the board, which he should be because he's had a terrible offseason. But yeah. just to stash last pick, Kadarius Tony. I mean, freak athlete, freak speed. Um, if he does get healthy by the middle of the season or finally kind of starts to click, um, you know, he's a guy that they can run a bubble screen to and get a lot of yards. I mean, that's kind of zigging when everybody else is zagging. I don't hate it. I don't love it.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're going to love anything at this point. Um, I, I just like,
1: you know, a first-round draft pick, though. You understand? So the Capitals, there, they're going to try to get them involved at some point. They have to. I mean, or else the co- coaching staff just looks foolish.
0: Yeah, at this point, uh, you, you talked me into it. I, I just wasn't seeing anything I liked, and I feel like other guys I like are still going to be there anyways. And Dwayne Eskridge in Seattle, rookie wide receiver, could get some run. Um. Deontay Harris in New Orleans, he, he could wind up being like the 1A, 1B with Marquez Calloway and Winston there. So he's another guy that could right. be solid as a death spot. Um, a lot of guys have gone. I mean, Alex Collins had like a seven-catch preseason game. I mean, he was, he's still there in Seattle too. Yep. No, I'm going to let
1: you go ahead and fill this last one here, and then we can go ahead and talk about a kicker in defense, which won't we'll take right, let me just see uh, much here. time at all.
0: We got two more spots after this for kicker and defense. So this is our last, this is our last pick before. Right. Okay, we got okay. This is our last skill. Oh man. Oh man. Carlos Hyde? Nah, I don't know, man. I can't do that. <laughs> I gotta take my boy. This is this is a homer pick. This picks from the heart. I'm drafting Tyrod Taylor. I'm Go throwing it. My boy Tyrod. Him and Brandon Cooks, man. Watch out for that combo with him and Brandon. As long as Tyrod Taylor doesn't get his lung punctured by a trainer before the game, (laughs) I truly believe he will get – I'm willing to bet anybody. Come at me on Twitter. Tyrod Taylor, top 20. If he plays a full season, top 20 quarterback fantasy points per game. Lock that in right now. How did you fall fall in love with Tyrod? Because he was a top seven fantasy quarterback when he started in Buffalo – he got screwed over by the coaching staff, who threw Nathan Peterman in before him. When like Nathan Peterman, I'm sorry, hey, now, right, now you're talking guy. about a Raider, <laughs> yeah, dude. Six interceptions in one half, or some crazy shit like that for Nathan Peterman. Five, five, five dude. Five. Why, yeah, Tyrod Taylor led the Bills to the playoffs for like three straight years. Man, like this guy was a good quarterback before he went to Buffalo. He was widely regarded, consensus, as the uh, the top backup quarterback in the entire NFL, and. Right. He just has gotten a bad, a bad shot where like he was going to be able to start for, for Cleveland, but then they drafted the number one quarterback and brought in Baker. And then last year he had one start for Los Angeles, man. Like, and, and all of a sudden that the, the freaking so, trainer punctures his lungs. So I think he's going to, he might want up starting all year for this team, man.
1: No, I, I totally, completely agree. At that point, they're going to be so bad, uh, unfortunately, because of the surrounding people around them. They're going to see what they got out of the quarterback from Stanford there, and they're going to have to just take a look at some point. Uh, but let me ask you this. So just thinking about week one, I know we love T. Higgins. I see the hat, so no problem there. But is he a slam dunk to start in our flex week one, or would you consider uh, somebody like Cooks who's projected for more um, because of that offense and because they're playing Jacksonville?
0: Ooh man, that's a uh, man. That's tough. I, I, I'm not scared of Minnesota's defense, man. Honestly. Um, I, I would, I'm not either. I, I would say I, I would consider the debate. Uh, I would lean towards Higgins just right now, but, um, I don't know what let's, yeah, that's, that's a tough one, man. I, I think we have, we're in a good situation where we have those options there. Um, and I think all I the wish this was best ball format, format because then we'd be locked in. Love. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's like it's kinda like a a portion of it best ball, because we can't pick up waivers every week. We're gonna only do it three, four times during the year. But um, man, like I think the only guy I would consider really cutting unless he got hurt is uh, if he just starts off really bad, is like maybe a Kadarius Tony. You just let go because he's sure. like, yeah. he's not even, you know, running any routes for the team or something like that. But that's why we got him so late at the same time
1: right the question is who are we going to pick up for him you know with everybody having 16 reserve spots as well as the other what eight or nine um uh regular seasons or regular uh spots be that's that's
0: the thing though but like a guy like you know guys like you and me like we're in all different types of roster format leagues like i'm looking at the board right now and a lot of people would just be like so done with this draft like i I could draft up to like 35 rounds because like (laughs) T. Y. <laughs> T. Y. A. Look, T. Y. Hilton's coming back from injury. Sure. Rashad, Rashad Perriman could be the deep threat in Chicago. Deshaun Jackson in L. A. Uh, Tutu Atwell, a- Alan Lazard, Darius Slayton, Quez Watkins, Demarcus Robinson could it. be the next guy. Like, I mean, come on, like, there's a Josh Reynolds. Like, I think there actually could be some very solid waiver options to go after uh, when we got to make that a- and- wait we- No. We need to play
1: in one of those thirty two team uh leagues so that way we can get real deep into those drafts
0: all right so what uh, how about how about um let, let, we got to take our kicker in defense like first for uh, week one I mean I don't know Seattle to me at Indianapolis, I feel like that's a pretty solid uh streamer just for that week and the defense overall is pretty good uh, uh, then they play the, the, the
1: nine yeah the other the only one that I would consider is Tennessee. Not just as necessarily because Tennessee is all that good, but Tennessee obviously plays in a division with Houston and Jacksonville. So I think they're going they're going to see them twice if we're talking about um, seeing somebody with uh, a, a poor division that they're going to get great, um, great matchups with
0: throughout. What about the year. what about what um, about Green Bay? There that we talked about. They play the li- I like Green, Green Bay. Bay. plays the Lions in week two. I'm I like that as well. Winston in Week One, and and, and they're streak and they're streaky
1: at home. They're a streaky
0: defense, and they play. Yeah, you know, two of their first four games are at home. I, I think either Packers or Seahawks for me. What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'd lean towards Packers uh, because I think Indianapolis still has at least some weapons. I mean, uh, but I'd lean towards Packers there.
0: Yeah, all right, I'm cool with that. Let's go Packers. And then I, uh, I should have called my
1: I should have called my uncle Dave and got the matchups from him. <laughs> he could give me his, anal- his spread analysis.
0: I'm sitting here looking at the uh, bettingpredators.com. We have a, a part of our NFL preseason package. Uh, so we have a, a season win total strength of schedule article up there. So I'm taking a look, look at that for like just the early part of the season. But, um, yeah, I mean, team kicker, we're, in, we're, on, we're on the board in two, in, uh, two picks from now. Uh, Seahawks, high-powered offense. Chargers, high-powered offense. Tennessee – I wouldn't do them because they don't kick very much. Seems like coaching. Defense. I like the I like the
1: Chargers being indoors. I really do. And
0: and and the Raiders' defense is terrible. Kansas City's
1: defense is terrible. They played those guys four times. Uh, he okay. gets to kick in Denver at least once. Altitude's going to help. I like I like the Chargers.
0: Okay, all uh, right, you sold me there. Yeah, I, I would just go just Seattle or Chargers because
1: and kicker Russell
0: Justin Herbert.
1: Right, and nobody and nobody and nobody thinks about that at all. As you know, as far as stack, and I know it's kind of stupid or whatnot, but I always think it's funny when it's almost just like um, the extra gut punch. So if we would have went Buffalo kicker, you got okay. Diggs or allen to digs and then just attack it on for one more we have the kicker so it's kind of like we're already beating you when you're down just getting that extra point with our i, wish, I, w-
0: I wish we would have got that but they're not falling that far so i, I, no, I, would, I know i know i know i think tyler bass could easily be the number one kicker in fantasy just in regular league Just for that just for the that only thing that hurts game. him is where he plays yeah, because they're going to go for touchdowns more often than not. So that, that that's that's the thing sure. that you have with Buffalo. But yeah, we, we got the Chargers kicker. I, I feel good about that. I like the offense there. I like I like the regime in terms of the new offensive play caller. I mean, you got weapons galore. With we got Eckler, we got Keenan Allen. We were able to get Mike Williams as well. So I, I feel good about that. We're kind of putting the Chargers could be. I mean, who knows? All things go well, they could be top, borderline top five, top ten. I, I think even a, flo- a floor at worst is they're going to be middle of the pack. So I I do like that uh, in terms of the team kicker there too. So um, yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. This ran a lot longer than what I thought uh, because I was thinking for some reason, FFPC, which I believe is like 22, 24 rounds, we went a full 28 rounds on this live stream here or 26 rounds. I'm sorry. Um, So just to recap real quick for everyone who's been paying attention, unfortunately we were not able to share the screen with you guys. I'll get that figured out the next time we do a live stream. We want to share the screen with like analytics and other things that we're talking about here in our shows. But uh, this is a 10 team league, uh, full point PPR, start three receivers. We got the number nine pick out of 10 teams. Uh, we went Austin Eckler. Uh, Aaron Jones was taken with pick seven in that draft. So to me, it was either Eckler or a high end receiver like Tyreek Hill or Diggs. But we waited and we wound up getting Diggs uh, coming back in the second round. Uh, Keenan Allen, we got to me as a, as a wide receiver one. We got him in the third round as our wide receiver two, and then Josh Allen with that stack of Diggs and Allen together. I was willing to reach at the end of the fourth round, uh, getting a guy like Josh Allen or at the, at the beginning of the fourth round, excuse me. But uh, next couple picks: Chase Claypool, T. Higgins, uh, two guys that fit that profile of breakout wide receivers entering their second year in the league, uh, and then T.J. Hawkinson falls to us at, at pick seven. Then we go five straight receivers Jamar Chase, Brandon Cooks, Jalen Waddle, Terrace Marshall, Mike Williams. So, in, in that range, we got two explosive veterans and Brandon Cooks and Mike Williams. And we got three explosive rookies and Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and Terrace Marshall, who we don't need to start for us right off the bat. Uh, and then we got James Conner as our anchor RB number two, uh, Justin Fields. Then we got Alexander Madison and Kenneth Gainwell, upside guys uh, with some depth that can help us out later in the year. Uh, Nelson Aguilar and Hunter Henry, back-to-back with the Patriots in round 17 and 18. I think depth in terms of tight end two for Henry was a great value in round 18 there. Uh, And then we started taking some high upside backups like Latavius Murray, the unknown situation, round 19. He could sign with a contender that could use him in a high-capacity role. Uh, Darrell Williams put 20. De'Ami Brown, the rookie receiver in Washington, pick 21. Uh, Ty Johnson, Kadarius Toney, my boy Tyrod Taylor. Then we wrapped it up with a team defense, Packers, second to last pick, and team kicker, Chargers, last pick. So there you go, 26 picks. We finally finished it, man, less than two hours. Uh, How how do you feel? Give me your your final thoughts, Coach, Coach J. Rod, then we'll wrap it up here.
1: Man, I love it. Like I said, you know, throughout the draft, everybody wants to believe that they always drafted the best team. Sometimes you feel a little bit higher going out of a draft than uh, maybe other people think. Uh, My only concern uh, partially because we were working through some technical difficulties was just having that many stacks um, early on. But overall um, I I love everything about it. I think obviously our weakest spot is in that running back two possession, but with the depth and with the guys that we have on our bench, it's not going to take long for one of those guys to emerge as a solidified running back where we could actually put them into the um starting lineup whether it's um uh, uh kenneth gainwell which who i love which i think is going to be uh, more productive sooner than later whether it's uh, uh madison there in um uh in uh minnesota um we, ju- we just have a lot of options but i love that we went wide receiver heavy um i love the upside that we can get um you know, we have those, we have Waddle, we have chase, we have, uh, Terrence Marshall. One of those guys is going to be a home run. And ultimately I love everything about, uh, our draft that we did. And then, you know, getting a top two, in my opinion, uh, fantasy quarterback even though normally I'd like to wait is a huge advantage for us seeing as uh, we kind of waited on tight end but to be honest we didn't wait on tight end because we got T.J. Hawkinson falling so far Um, he's my number four tight end so I think that was um, something that I thought oh man we're gonna kind of have to wait and see and then he fell into our lap so I love everything about our team obviously that's why I put the money up and tag team with this guy Um, love everything that he's doing and everything that betting predators has to offer so make sure we're going to the website and checking it out.
0: Yeah, if you've made it this far with us, I mean, you got to go check out the in-season package at bettingpredators.com. It's going to be player props from myself and the rest of the team for every primetime game, uh, for every main slate on Sunday as well. I'm still going to be putting out my player props column for free on the site. But keep in mind that that column typically doesn't come out until late Sunday morning, even like right around noon on Sunday when a lot of the lines aren't available in certain offshore books. And other sports books. And frankly, it's just because I don't have time to put it out any sooner. Um, but I will be giving early prop bets during the week uh, for our subscribers. We have a private Discord channel that we just launched today for our premium subscribers at Betting Predators. So just go to the website, bettingpredators.com. Uh, if you missed our early bird rate, where you could get 20 bucks off, uh, again, I've been saying this to our loyal listeners, our, our loyal watchers on these live streams, uh, just shoot me a DM on Twitter. Um, and, and just ask me and I'll give you the code that can get you 20 bucks off and lock you in at that early bird price. Because once we hit week one, uh, with kickoff on Thursday, we're not going to be able to offer the full $20 off anymore. So I want to be able to get as many people in the door with that. Uh, we've had a lot of people come on board that I'm really excited about as our first year doing this. We had a successful run with the NBA with premium content this past spring and summer. So we're only going to get better from here. Uh, personally, my props column last year, not to toot my own horn, but for me, it was my first year putting it out in terms of our content. Uh, we hit it right under 60%. We were right about 59, 59 and a half percent for the year. And, uh, I come at it from a fantasy football perspective where I play a lot of DFS. I play a lot of season long fantasy. And I use that in addition to my research and the team that we have working behind the scenes finding the best edges every week, whether it's an over, whether it's an under uh, and really trying to grind and find the differences between sports books that can help give us an edge. And you know, a lot of these numbers in, in the prop market right now, which is still a pretty soft market because when you have like 500 different bettable player props on a given Sunday main slate, there's only so many things that books can, can do to cover themselves. And that's why the limits are a lot lower too, but not to get too into the weeds on that, but uh, that's going to be a big benefit of being a subscriber You're going to get our power ratings every week. Um, you're going to get betting strategy, deep dive columns from Sleepy J from Steve reader at avoid the Vig, from myself. And then you're going to get those alerts on best bet player props. Anytime we make a bet personally, we're going to be sharing that information right away on our discord channel and through emails with our subscribers. So you sign up today, hit me up for our early bird rate on Twitter. I'm at M a D D journalists. That's at mad journalists with two D's. I'll hook it up with the 20 bucks off, Uh, you know, $99 package for the entire season, week one through the Super Bowl, you know you're going to win one or two bets, and you're going to more than make your money back within the first month of the season. So, to me, I think it's criminally underpriced. But we're doing this for you guys because we're trying to grow as a as a sports media brand and as a startup. Guys like J Rod who are passionate about what they, about what they do, and we're adding guys like that to our team week in and week out. So I'm really excited. We have some really cool projects I haven't even been able to bring up on the podcast yet, but. In the next couple weeks, next couple months, you're going to start hearing about some of the things we're doing behind the scenes for subscribers. And it's just going to make the experience 10 times better in my opinion. So for less than a dollar a day for the entire season, man, to me, it's a no brainer. I believe in this product. I'm busting my ass for this product. Same, same as sleepy, same as Justin here, same as the rest of our team. So we're really excited about it and hope you, hopefully you got a little uh, kind of glimpse into the process and how we handle things on a live draft. Like tonight, we talk about strategy a lot. We talk about rankings a lot, uh, but seeing us actually put that to work, you know, having to, having to pick between two guys who have two different opinions, like sometimes that can be difficult, but I'm happy with how we, we did it because I feel like you gave a lot of feedback to it. And even though we agree on a lot of things, I think putting our heads together on some of the things we disagree about, we, we were able to come to an even better conclusion at the end of the day, like putting biases aside. So, um, you know, that, that kind of wraps it up for me. Like, again, uh, our premium package is going to include our entire team, our best bet props, our, our DFS top plays uh, to help you make money in DFS in the player prop market. So uh, go check that out. And other than that, uh, we'll be on every week for fantasy doing at least one live stream episode per week. Uh, it's either going to be coach J Rod right on with me uh, or guys like Gene Uh, Ben, Mike, guys behind the scenes that are grinding projections and statistical research for us. So stay tuned. You're going to get a lot of free content in the season long. I'm going to have my season long fantasy rankings for free every single week. Uh, But think about all the great content for free you're going to get. It's going to be 10, 20 times better for the premium content we're also putting out every week as well. So I don't want to ramble on too much about it, but go check that out. Hit me up if you have any questions about it. Uh, other than that, you got anything else, Coach j I think you, you, might, you might be getting ready to go to bed yourself over there, man.
1: Oh, man, with a kid, you have to, you know, but I live for these nights. No, it's great. The only thing that I have left is uh, I hope you agree on my bet that I actually made a week ago, and that's uh, yes for Rob Gronkowski to score a touchdown in the opening day against uh, 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 Dallas on Thursday. He's a oh. primetime player, and I bet on the primetime guys.
0: Yo, you know what? I'm not gonna like. I won't bet against it, but uh, I don't bet touchdown props, dude. That's like the, That's like my fan. That's like my player props bible commandment number one: Thou shalt not. know I'm a touchdown de- props? <laughs> Too much don't variance. Don't you know I'm a de- touchdown props, man? I can't do it. Can't don't do you it. know?
1: Don't you know I'm a degenerate?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll be a degenerate in the DFS streets and uh, in my eighth, ninth <laughs> leagues that I wind up signing up for in the next 24 hours before kickoff. So, you know, we all have our degenerate sides pop up every now and again. But, you know, Sleepy and I do our Money Picks player props podcast every Friday night. And Sleepy, he loves the touchdown props. And I always try to talk him off the ledge. Uh, but it's for fun. Listen, death,
1: de- de- yeah. death taxes and Rob Gronkowski scoring touchdown in big games. <laughs> and it doesn't get bigger than opening night primetime with his buddy Tommy.
0: Well, sneak peek, if you made it this far, we gave it as a a free preview to our previous subscribers Uh, just uh, last night, this morning, uh, we're on Antonio Brown over receiving yards. Uh, Right now it's listed at 60 and a half on DK, but at Fox bet, it's at 50 and a half. And I think the line opened at 49 and a half. So personally for me, I would play that up to about 53 and a half which you can actually still get at close to even money on FanDuel right now, or at least as, a, as of a couple hours ago. That's what it was. I don't know if it moved since we got on this live stream here, but Antonio Brown over 50 and a half yards at Fox bet minus 125, played up to, uh, played up to 53 and a half uh, right now, minus 114 or minus 115 at FanDuel. I personally wouldn't go over 55, um, even though I do think that when you look at receiver props, uh, I don't think there should be a week where Antonio Brown is lined significantly lower than a Chris Godwin or a Mike Evans. And that's going to be things that I look for in our player props columns and podcasts throughout the week is like, talk about a situation like Cincinnati. I don't think that Higgins Boyd and uh, Jamar chase, whichever one is significantly lying lower in terms of their receiving yards between those three, I'm most likely going to look to attack that guy because at the end of the day, the, they all three have massive upside in those offenses. So I look at the same way with the Buccaneers with Antonio Brown, Godwin and Evans, you know, Brown led, led the, uh, the team in catches when he joined the team last year. I think he's got a big player too, in him at least to start out the year with Brady with more chemistry. So again, Antonio Brown over 50 and a half played up to 53 and a half. Uh, I don't mind the catches, but I prefer the yardage personally with that bet. Uh, but you know, you'll get much more player props from myself as part of our in season package this year. So other than that, if you don't got anything else, Coach J, I I think we'll wrap it up here then. We're good, man. Appreciate okay. it. Appreciate everybody tuning in this long. We almost went two hours, but you know, we had a lot of fun. Talk some strategy. Hit us up on Twitter. Again, I'm at madjournalist, M-A-D-D journalist. He's at Coach J.Rod1. Coach J Rod is going to be doing college football and fantasy football for us all season long. So appreciate everybody tuning in. Look forward to seeing you in those DFS streets, and the player prop streets, getting ready for Thursday night football. Peace out.